Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover our favorite documentaries. This is a really fun episode because there is such a variety of documentaries out there, and our panel of guests have so many wide ranges of taste that this is going to be really fun. I don't think there's going to be any repeats, but who knows? I know myself, I'm looking down my list, and there's probably a good 20 picks I have, and they do lean somewhat towards music and sports, but... There will be other ones on there, and that's what everyone else is for. All right, let's get into it right now. All right, for my first pick, it's the baseball documentary with Ken Burns. Now, some might argue that this isn't a movie per se, but I kept it loose because documentary should be a bunch of things. But this is by far the most comprehensive documentary ever created on baseball. It is just fabulous. It is brilliant. If you're a fan of history, you will love this because it covers all the way from the mid-1800s all the way to the modern day. It, Ken Burns is is a genius when it comes to documentaries and baseball. I'm a huge baseball fan. So this is like my Bible when it comes to the history of baseball. And part of the reason I love baseball so much, and I'm going to go through, there's, there's some bullet points I have of why baseball is by far the best sport. Um, one, there's no time limit. It's one of the few sports where you can't run out the clock. Every other game, you can run out the clock. You get a lead, run out the clock. With baseball, you have to get all the outs. The, the team that is losing must at least have their chance to come back. And no other sport really has that. The other thing I love about baseball is it's really the everyman sport because any person at any size can play baseball. You have arguably the best hitter right now, who is Jose Altuve for the Houston Astros, who is five foot six. The rookie of the year this year was Aaron Judge, who plays outfield for the New York Yankees. He's six foot seven. You can have that discrepancy and still have an amazing baseball team. That's wonderful. You don't see that in football. You don't see that in basketball. You probably don't see that in hockey either. It's just, that's what I love about baseball. The other thing that's cool about baseball, defense has the ball. What other sport where the defense has the ball. The pitcher is essentially the defender. The hitter is the one that's on offense. It always starts with the defense. I also love that baseball is one-on-one, so you have the batter versus the, the pitcher, but it's also a team sport. It, that's It's unlike any other sport. Baseball, if you're into statistics, you're into numbers, you love it because there are certain things, certain stats that no other sport, I mean, do you care how many goals a guy had in soccer or hockey? Probably not. That's not something you really memorize. However, everyone knew what the home run record, the real home run record, well, not the real, but, um, well, yeah, technically, yes, because uh, there's the whole Barry Bonds controversy. But you always knew that 61 was was the benchmark to hit home runs for from Roger Maris until the steroid era kind of destroyed that legacy. Um, but you knew that the pinnacle of total home runs was 714 by Babe Ruth until Hank Aaron broke it. And then from there, Bond shattered it. Nobody knows. I, I personally, I don't even remember what Bond's total is because it didn't matter because it felt tainted. But you remember that Hank Aaron, I believe, hit 756. But there you go. And then lastly, there's no halftime. There's no breaks in between. There's no marching band. There's none of that shit. So baseball, 
best board ever. If you want to find out the true history and the most comprehensive history of baseball, definitely check it out. It gets into the Negro Leagues from, you know, before when when black ball players weren't allowed into the Major League Baseball. They get into an, a really expansive episode just on Jackie Robinson, who is arguably one of the greatest Americans in history. He did more for civil rights than anyone. Not only did he have to Uh, He had the whole black community on his back because if he didn't succeed, if he didn't perform well, it would have not allowed other ballplayers to come in. So he had this enormous pressure. And not only did it succeed, but he became one of the best ballplayers in the league. It's amazing. And, And we're checking out. So definitely check out Baseball by Ken Burns. Next up is Anvil, the story of Anvil from 2008. This is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen, music or otherwise. I actually saw this in the theater and just loved it. And the reason the film works so well is because Anvil never really hit it huge like other bands of the era. You know, I was always kind of a fan, kind of a casual fan, but never a mega fan. And and to me, it was fascinating to watch how Lips, who's the lead singer and guitar player, and Rob Reiner, who's the amazing drummer, uh, continued to carry on with the band, even though their glory days were long behind them. I mean, they never really had glory days, per se. I mean, if you were in the if you were in the metal scene and you were into metal, you knew about them, but they weren't. They weren't Metallica. They weren't Slayer. They weren't bands like that. And because of the success of this film, Anvil kind of gained a new following who had never really heard them or checked them out prior to this documentary. And I really hope they continue to record and tour as long as they can physically do it. And they are. And so you got to commend the guys for that. But if you just want to see, if you're not into the music, you'll you'll still enjoy the documentary because you can't help but like these guys. There's another sports documentary and another baseball documentary, but I just saw this not too long ago. It's actually streaming on Netflix and it came out in 2014. It's called The Battered ba- <laughs> The Battered Bastards of Baseball. That's a tongue twister. Anyway, this is a documentary about Kurt Russell's father who was an actor named Bing Russell. He was on uh, Bonanza for many years. And he ended up buying a independent baseball team in the 1970s in, I believe, Oregon. And yeah, it was Port- they were the Portland Mavericks. And so at the time, you know, and still now, Major League Baseball, it, they own like all of the sub ball clubs. Way back when, you could have independent leagues that didn't have to work directly with Major League Baseball. It was kind of a cool thing. And so when Portland had a team that was connected to to the MLB, it really didn't do well. So Bing loved loved uh, baseball, and he wanted to kind of you know thumb his nose at the you know at the establishment. So he created his own ragtag um, league and and team, and he would play against other leagues. And I, these were all castoffs. These were guys that weren't considered good enough, or were once playing like Jim Bowden, who was famous for writing his book Ball Four, played for the New York Yankees and the Seattle Pilots, uh, ends up playing for, for the Portland Mavericks. And it's a really, really fascinating um, documentary. If you love baseball, and and really, it's it in a way, it has a sad ending, but it doesn't because it shows that you know, independent teams could survive. But it's also the, um, you know, when corporations get in the way and, and all sports leagues are just one, you know, major corporations, they kind of ruined it for the little guy. Uh, but in any case, this will bring a smile to your face. It's a lot of fun. They have some great footage from in the 70s when, when the teams are going. And even Kurt Russell played for the team. Kurt Russell used to play minor league ball. So really, really worth checking out if you're into baseball. 
All right, next is a documentary called All Things Must Pass, and it's, it's based on the history of Tower Records and, and their founder, Russ Solomon, who's just a, a total character, and there's plenty of interviews with him in that, and it's actually filmed by Tom Hanks' son, Colin Hanks, but it, I, I lived at Tower Records when I was growing up. This is was a staple, especially in the Bay Area, and then eventually became nationwide, but it actually started, I believe, in Sacramento, and then, of course, the Sunset uh, Tower Records was was a go-to place. I mean, if you want a new music, every Tuesday you go to Tower Records. That's when the new albums came out. And it's really kind of ironic because they started as an independent store and eventually they became the major chain that put, you know, the smaller music stores out of business. And then ev- eventually, ironically, then your Best Buys, your Targets, your Walmarts then put Tower Records out of business because it was just too expensive. However, Tower Records still exists online and in Japan. It actually thrives in Japan. Um, but if you really want to see what it was like in the 70s, 80s, and, and, and 90s at the height of when people actually used to buy music, definitely check out All Things Must Pass. Next is The Wrecking Crew from 2015. This is awesome. If you love the history of music and you like the behind-the-scenes you know, stories about what happened, especially in the 1960s with rock and roll, this is a documentary for you to see because it talks about all of the prolific session, session musicians who recorded most of the famous music you've heard, and it's not actually from the people you think are, are actually in the band. And so uh, people like Cher or Brian Wilson, and, and make the, the monkeys and, and uh, you know, of course, the Beach Boys and the Mamas and Papas, a lot of their music was played by these session musicians and they just never got the credit because that that wasn't their deal. Their, their deal was to be behind the scenes. They were all master musicians of what they did. Um, and it talks about, you know, hey, we played on this, we played on this, we played on this. And, and a lot of people just didn't know unless you were in the industry. But these were the go-to people for many of the songs that stand the test of time and continue to be popular even today. So if you love music and you love music of the 60s, definitely check out The Wrecking Crew. This next one is another music documentary. And it's called Big Star, Nothing Can Hurt Me and came out in 2012. And, and this is about... Um, a very um, what they thought was going to be a huge rock band from Memphis called Big Star, and and they they just never made it. They actually were always commercial failures. However, they were very inspirational to many different bands, and definitely have a cult following and influenced you know bands like REM and and like that. And I didn't know much about them, but I always heard that REM always raved about Big Star, and they do have one album that I, well they have a few albums, but the the they talk about the one that they thought was going to be amazing. And yes, if you want to hear a band that should have made it from the sixties and just didn't, and, and some of the amazing interviews and archival footage, definitely check out big star. Nothing can hurt me. Next are the trilogy of the decline of Western civilization documentaries by Penelope Spears. She would go on to have major success with Wayne's world, but before she was a documentary filmmaker and the decline movies are brilliant. The, the first one, Take, is takes place in the early 80s for the uh, Los Angeles punk scene and you get to see like the early incarnations before Henry Rollins was even in Black Flag you get to see Fear I think the Germs there's just so much great stuff in there if you really want to see what punk was like before it became sanitized definitely check out the first decline of Western civilization and then the second one that's near and dear to my heart because it covers the hair metal scene um, in the, in the mid to late 1980s is is part two and it, it's yeah it's self parody it's almost making fun of it 
but there's some great stuff on there. You get to see Megadeth and Ozzy, um, but then you see ridiculous scenes with Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons, and of course, of course, Poison. But it's a great snapshot in time. You get to see the bands that they thought they were going to make it and just never took off. But then you get to see bands that uh, you thought that that you weren't sure, and they actually did make it. So that that's kind of cool to see. And then the third one, if you get the box set covers the gutter punk era of the the kind of the early 90s early to mid 90s and and really didn't a lot of people didn't see it and so i'm glad that you get a chance to see it it deals more with homelessness than anything also combining you know uh, these kids love of punk music and and kind of the pack mentality of they kind of take care of each other it's kind of it's definitely the most serious of the three but definitely check out the decline of western civilization documentaries Next up is a documentary called Not Dead Yet, which is the story of Jason Becker, who was a brilliant guitar player in the late 80s, early 90s, who was probably going to be the next guitar hero, even uh, signed on with David Lee Roth to record his A Little Ain't Enough um, album. But then he his whole his whole life changed because he contracted or he, he developed Lou Gehrig's disease. And because of that, he lost the ability to... Uh, move his hands, and eventually he ended up being in a wheelchair. And many people, and that's what the uh, the title alludes to, he's, it, they thought he was dead. He's still alive. He's still actually making music with his eyes. Uh, his parents created this program where he can kind of create music visually just by moving his, his eyes. And it, it's an amazing story. It's, it's a very sad story, but inspirational too, because, you know, here we are, we live our daily lives, and we think of how bad we have it. And here's a guy who had it all and now you know it doesn't and it's a really really well done documentary so check out check out jason becker not dead yet it came out in 2012 next is don't stop believing every man's journey from 2012 and so this covers when steve Augeri had left the band journey this is of course after steve perry and they go try to find another singer and who they found was arnel pinetta who was singing in the Manila, in in the Philippines in Manila in nightclubs singing journey songs and here's a guy who um, speaks kind of broken English and everything but when he sings the journey songs he sounds exactly like Steve Perry it's amazing and so this documentary covers his start and, and tryouts with with the band journey and then all the way up to where he was actually performing in amphitheaters and arenas across the US it's it's a really great documentary and covers how difficult it is because here he is leaving his homeland to become part of this very well-known band and it leaves everything behind and uh, really really well done definitely worth checking out if you like journey but definitely worth checking out if you just like good stories all right next up is the paradise lost trilogy of documentaries the first one's called the child murders at robin hood hills and then there's uh the second one which is called revelations and then the third one which is purgatory and so actually these are the kind of the original documentaries i saw when i first signed up for netflix way back in i I don't know i want to say like 2002 but um the the impetus behind these documentaries um was to you know bring out the story of the so-called west memphis three if you haven't heard about this case it involved three teenage boys who were wrongly convicted of murdering three other boys in the early 1990s and so but basically happened is these three teens were profiled due to their musical tastes and they were all into heavy metal and marilyn manson and things like that and so their past troubles with vandalism and and shoplifting kind of got them into trouble because they they were immediately like scapegoats and so over 15 years after their initial con- uh, initial conviction 
new forensic evidence was brought forward, which eventually exonerated the three and, and they were released from prisons. All of this is documented over these 15 years, over these three HBO documentaries. And uh, they're, they're really well done and really pisses you off about the legal system. And, and not only that, but you can kind of see one of the parents there. You might, I don't know. I always thought it was, it was that guy, but who knows? You kind of waver back and forth because there's so much information going on. But you can kind of tell that it probably wasn't the wasn't the guys, and eventually they were exonerated. But they lost 15 years of their childhood. I mean, they lost all of growing up. They grew up in prison. So if you want to see this this documentary, then definitely check out the three Paradise Lost documentaries. These next two are gonna I'm gonna combine because they're kind of TV documentaries, but they're they're made by filmmakers. They they're treat they're they go like films, and uh, it's any of the 30 for 30 ESPN documentaries. They're they're so good. There's so many of them, and um, if you ever get a chance to watch any of them, they're always really really well done. So definitely check out any 30 for 30 you can. Also the other the other TV one, and Melee and I kind of. Uh, allude to it a little bit it's the jinx which is the life and death of um, or life and deaths of robert durst who is this crazy guy who keeps getting away with with murder I mean, he's a billionaire and uh, he lives like a recluse but he keeps killing people well allegedly and he keeps getting away with it i don't know how he does but he does and the documentary covers that but i, I won't give it away for you but because of the documentary like life-altering things happened around these cases. So um, if you want to see just a fascinating documentary, and, and I know Lindley's the one that told me about it, and she she adores this. This is really, really well done. So if you know anything about Robert Durst, definitely check out this documentary. Next is Some Kind of Monster from 2004, and this is, of course, the famous documentary with Metallica. So I remember seeing this in the theater and loving it, even though I hated St. Anger. It's, it's one of the worst albums ever, but you kind of get to see why it probably was one of the worst albums after seeing this documentary. But the film is fascinating, and it's really interesting to see how the band kind of crumbled apart after the Load albums. And of course, what most people remember is the famous scene with original member and Megadeth founder Dave Mustaine, which, which caused all sorts of additional drama between you know the two bands and... However, I was always more interested in the search for a new bass player because Jason Newstead left the band. And so even if you hate seeing St. Anger, this is a, still a terrific documentary to watch. And it's totally warts and all. And, and you kind of get a newfound appreciation for the band. But yeah, even now, like I try to go back and listen to St. Anger. I just can't. I just can't. The next few I'm going to go over quickly because actually Enrica talks about a few of them. So I don't want to take away from her. But they were on my original list. One is uh, Going Clear, which is about Scientology. <laughs> Yeah, you can imagine what's going on with that. But if you want to hear about what, what <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get into it. But if you want to see, you want, you want to find out about Scientology, definitely check out Going Clear. The other one is Beatles Eight Days a Week. This is about their touring years uh, from the you know the early '60s all the way up, I believe, till 1966, and uh, you know to their final show, which was Let It Be. Um, definitely, it's so good. Ron Howard does does a great job with this. Some other ones uh, hated the Gigi Allen story. If you don't know about Gigi Allen, well, maybe that's a good thing, but this guy was the craziest punk rock music, if you want to call him a musician, ever around. This guy was absolutely insane, and I'll never forget, God, I had to be, I think I was in college, and my buddy Austin had found this CD, because he worked at the warehouse, which was a music store, and he bought the CD, and it was 
I don't even remember the title of it, but it just had the funniest songs ever. Like one song was called Dog Shit and all all he would was yell was dog shit the whole the whole song. And we were just cracking up, like listening to this over and over again. And it was just it was the stupidest music ever, but the funniest music ever. And then we started to find out more about this guy and he's just he was insane. He ends up well, I'm not gonna give it away, but if you, you look look up Gigi Allen, you can hear you can see his crazy life and uh, a few other ones completely off off <laughs> off the topic uh or compared to gg allen march of the penguins narrated by morgan freeman definitely worth checking out if you like nature and penguins and then lastly i debate about putting this on but it's actually one of the most well-known documentaries and it's called pumping iron and you get to see a very young arnold schwarzenegger when he was into bodybuilding way before he became an actor way before he became the governor he was a bodybuilder. Yes, only in America, folks. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this initial list of our favorite documentaries. Let's hear what everyone else has to say on this week's episode. All right, we're back with Sarah. Hello. Hello. And we're going to do one of your favorite subjects, because yes. when we talk, yeah, a lot of it's I, like, have you seen this documentary? Right, and, because uh, yeah. I, I like documentaries because I feel like I'm getting smarter yeah. <laughs> when I watch them. And, well, I think, you know, I love, I like movies that are based on true events or right. whatever, and because something about it, I mean, I guess now that I'm older, I can appreciate knowledge more than I did <laughs> when I was younger. But it's funny, like some of the, you know, it just kind of. I don't know, just it captures my attention. Like I won't watch funny movies and all that. Anyway, right, right. So um, let's see. I'm gonna go back to like maybe one of the, which seemed like the most like it seemed like documentaries. I mean, aside from a certain group of you know intellectuals, you didn't hear about it until yeah. Super Size Me came out. Yeah. And then it was like white trash people and to like you know the upper elite were like, yeah. oh my god. Well, because there's something that connects them. It's mm-hmm. called French fries. Right. So. Um, Oh, I just remember that just blowing the industry apart. And like my dad being a vegan and had been for 40 years or whatever, it's like I had already been hearing the preaching of the, you know, all the different. But it was like very interesting to watch that whole thing. And mostly because I'm a big uh, advertising kind of like I'm really fascinated by, you know, subliminal and how they market people and stuff. Well, did you read Fast Food Nation? No. Because that's basically, and it's a lot of it. Is what turned right? into, yeah, and so it's definitely, definitely check. But out it totally, it, I mean, it shows how easily you know you, you target, yeah, yeah, and they target kids and oh, to yeah. where they're like cartoonish and they're just, and I mean, and, and now yeah. you know it's it's been several years since that movie came out, but even so, it's like we realize all of the food pyramid bullshit yeah. and the you know dare. I mean, things that, like I said, my dad had been like, oh, conspiracy theory underground for years. It's like, <laughs> yeah, really, who made that, that that whole? It's all bunch of like basically patting people's pockets and right. it's like, let's come up with this thing. And because we sound official as fuck, mm-hmm. then people are going to believe us. It's like, oh yeah, that pyramid. Yeah. You need to follow that. Uh-huh. Cause yeah. that's what it's, yeah. Cause somebody who was a, somebody with FDA or whatever behind mm-hmm. his name, he wrote that. So that means business, right? Right. It's funny. There was this like, um, motivational speaker or something that was talking about people and their diets. And it was more like a therapist mm-hmm. person. Like, you know, sometimes for some people, they obsess so much about what they're putting in their bodies that, that the mental strain and thought process is probably doing you more damage with the mind over matter, the ma- matter food, idea yeah. <laughs> than the thing that you're actually eating. Right. And he was like, you know, it's amazing that you people find anything to eat at all. Yeah. Because it's, uh, can't have gluten, can't have this, carbs, yeah. can't have this, can't have that, da, da. And it's like, you know, everybody's life gets so structured around. I mean, I traditionally it was like, you know, women that would focus a lot of that, but, but even now like oh. men too. And it's kind of like, yeah, if we just like 
stopped obsessing as much and just being like, hey, how about I just eat this? Because it could be like the depression and you could be eating like ketchup in hot water <laughs> like right. our grandparents uh-huh. and great grandparents. But yeah. Well, now it's just like everything is, like you said, marketed. So mm-hmm. everything's gluten free now. Oh my well, God. Well, unless right. you have celiac disease, there's no need to be right. gluten free. And how many people are that oh, I don't eat gluten. Right. It's like, do you know what gluten is? Right. Could you give me it? Could you tell me? No, they can't tell you. No. They have no idea. But everyone tells right. them gluten's bad. Right. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah but, but for Fast Food Nation, I mean, it's, or um, Super Size Me, it's interesting because uh, people, after seeing the movie, stopped eating McDonald's. But they're still eating Burger King. Yeah, they're you know, stupid. Yeah. Right. I mean, so but McDonald's stopped doing the super size thing. They did. Right. But Which it's like, but, but people look, can still go to 7-Eleven and get a get giant big, big gulp. gulp yeah. Like, I just remember seeing one of those. I'm all, holy shit. Or who the, needs that much or the, the great scene with that guy Jared who ended up being arrested for oh my god that of, freaky dude yeah, yeah that's uh, he was in the movie because he was doing the subway thing right and uh, the woman's like we just can't afford subway we can't afford eating what? subway like, you don't have to eat subway to lose weight you oh eat, my god know, did she really yeah. say that sounds like yeah. the dumbest shit I've ever heard <laughs> god hillbillies are funny but yeah no yeah. that was like and his wife probably was cringing the whole time because she's like oh, yeah. chef and whatever he had she's some, a like, vegan chef right didn't yeah. he have some like, like some serious damage his bo- we kept going to the doctor, and so his right, body was shutting down. He's like, "You can't do this. You're going to kill yourself." Right, right, right. Nobody's meant to eat. What did he, he gain? Like thirty pounds or sixty? So, yeah, and crazy. his cholesterol and his blood and pressure. And he said he totally had no sex drive. Yeah, and one finally I saw him. He threw up right afterwards. He couldn't. The first one he did because yeah. his body wasn't used. Yeah, to it. exactly. He was like, "Oh my god!" But you're not supposed to eat McDonald's every single day that as all your meals. Good. That's yeah. scary. Yeah. But their fries are kind of magical. They're amazing. I don't know what's. I mean, of course they've got to be like bad, but it's like in moderation. Yeah, because they cure hangovers yeah. like hello yeah. <laughs> anything the, whatever they figured out that cures hangovers they only put it in those fries that's right so they've kind of cornered the market on hangovers yeah. salt salt yeah, is it sodium. all right oh, i guess why do you think i love cheese it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, oh the but, secrets are coming out now more, so yeah. see but i like anyway i'm not gonna start talking fries yeah okay so yeah that one and then um there was another one that i just a couple recently i watched because you know i'm a big music person yes so the most Probably one of the most moving documentaries I saw was Alive Inside. Did I, did I ever no, talk about that one? No. Oh, it's freaking, it's awesome. It's so this guy who had retired, I think it's been in the East Coast, mm-hmm. he um, was volunteering at convalescent hospitals in his area and where the patients were like in the deep throes of dementia and Alzheimer's, like no, not verbal. You know, there's a scene where this one woman is trying to wait, like talk to her dad and he doesn't even know who she is and he doesn't like look up and he doesn't acknowledge her. So he, um, would talk to some of the, you know, the few that had family that would visit him. He'd talk to, like, you know, their family, Mm -hmm. try to get to know about the patient or talk to the people that worked there. And um, just after kind of getting an idea who they might have been or who who they were or were there, he would make these little iPod playlists and put these headphones on them in the halls as Mm -hmm. they would sit there. And the re- the response was like crazy. His friend came to videotape it for the day and ended up doing it for three years. And they made this documentary. Mm. And part of this guy's point was, you, you they spend millions of dollars on medication that at best maybe sedates them, keeps them, but it doesn't bring out any memory. It doesn't yeah. doesn't make them more you know awake and. It affects their liver. A lot of times, it can make them more agitated than anything. Probably gives them right. worse health issues. Abs- absolutely, than what to, yeah. and there's millions of dollars, that, and it shows nothing. Right. And yet, it's forty dollars for this little iPod. Yeah. And they're interviewing this guy who's a head of some big pharmaceutical company, and he said, you know, for for nineteen years, I've been trying to do studies and find something that produces the same effect as what you know, Mister Whatever it produces. Like, and we haven't found it. We're still look. We're still trying, but it's like. 
guess what, bitch? Why don't you leave well enough alone? And like, and so he went around to different for the, during this documentary, he had went to different convalescent hospitals and tried to basically get them on board on their own. But he's like, yeah, because it's not based on insurance or whatever. Yeah. It was a weird kind of thing. Um, so, but what's fascinating is they show these people who, um, the, who are like catatonic and then they put these headphones on and they like this one man, his name is Henry and he's, he like his eyes get all big and he kind of starts singing along to this music. Right. So, and his, like his daughter's kind of like, wow, he'd been in this home for like 10 years. Yeah. So they take off the headphones and they actually have some neuroscientists that are on at the, um, during the documentary. And they were saying music activates more parts of your brain than mm. any other stimuli mm. that they have just all the way back to your cerebellum which is the last place to be affected by alzheimer's and dementia okay so when the music is introduced back in it fires up all these places the that when they were yeah. you know from the time that they were born the way music was introduced from the way it's stored in their memory their muscle memory all That's that kind right. of stuff so it kicks them back into who they were you know that certain because a lot of these people are sitting in the a dark abyss of like they don't know who people are right. they don't remember who they are it's mm. like that's terrifying yeah. so this little guy Henry's like singing and they take off the headphones and they're like after his daughter's yelling his name he yeah. all of a sudden they're like hey Henry he goes yeah and they go hey could we ask okay and he's like it's just not back. right yeah. and so the nurse is like you probably have to just ask yes or no questions yeah. and so they do they're like oh mm -hmm. do you like the music he's like oh yeah you have beautiful music he's like totally <laughs> talking and so they ask him about you know a couple open-ended questions and the nurse is like he's not going to be able to answer he's like oh i'd have to say cab calloway was my thing <laughs> and he's like and he goes on this this big thing and they, that was one of the points it was like the effects of the music will stay you know, right. not like forever, forever, but they, they keep that person kind of, you know, awake for a while and they go through different people. Like this one woman wears these music all, all the time, all the time. Yeah. when she's, cause she would all of a sudden be walking with her husband. She was a little bit more lucid, but she, you hold up a fork and she's like, uh, like her, it was a different kind of yeah. memory thing. And she would be, you know, without before she'd look and she's like, Oh my God, who I know I'm supposed to know who this person is, but I have no idea. And it would just be this terrifying feeling. So she would wear the headphones and she's like, I, I it keeps me right in that same place mm -hmm. at, in point in time where she knows who she is and she can remember what's going on. And yeah. they even go to like a psychiatric hospital where there's some very aggressive, like bipolar and schizophrenic people and super interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just very, I mean, it's true. I don't know what I had for breakfast, like, but I can sing an 80 song I haven't heard in 20 years yeah. if you start playing it. So sure. it's like, it's interesting the way, you know, it all kind of gets, and yeah, right. Works, and yeah. the interesting part is about these people, they were showing all these different, you know, elderly people and stuff. Uh, it's like music, it either, it, it evokes like the, you know, either happiness and may maybe melancholy or sadness. But if it's music that you like, you're never like, I'm angry. Yeah. I'm like, you know what I mean? It mm -hmm. doesn't, it's like, it should, it always kind of can make it for me make or break my moods. And, but it like, it's so touching to watch these people, especially some of them who have been in these homes for years and years, probably haven't even heard the song right. in 30, 40. I mean, they're putting on like old stuff and they're just, their faces just light up. Mm -hmm. So excited. It's mm -hmm. like, I, I can't. So what, what's this called again? It's called Alive Inside. Okay. So yeah. yeah that's, that, like, that's awesome. That's, that's one of the best ones I've seen in, I don't even know how long. You both have some homework. That's right. Yes. Look at this. is probably. I'm like in, in trance just listening. Yeah. You know, watch it. I have it. It's on Netflix. I'm but it saying. is crazy about how music like does affect 
the mind and how it can oh, like, yeah. stimulate oh, everything. It's, right, mm-hmm. exactly. I know. I didn't. It was. I didn't even know that. Uh, Oliver Stacks wrote this book, uh, a couple of books, but he's in it, and he's mm-hmm. this neuroscientist guy, and blah 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 blah. So, so why don't they do this more? Because there's no money to be made. Okay. If the, if the, obviously that's what I'm saying. But I did have a friend who I had watch it. I've had a couple of people watch it, and his dad had dementia and mm-hmm. lived in a home. And sure enough, he brought music to his dad, mm-hmm. and he videotaped it. He's all. It was so crazy. That's good. Because his that's dad awesome. was yeah. like singing, and then. His dad was kind of like, God, you're, he thought he was singing. He didn't realize there was a little boom box. And he was yeah. like, God, you're a good singer. I remember <laughs> this awesome. song. You know, like it was so cute. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the move, maybe the information, I'm sure if more people knew about it, but it's not going to be something like, again, this guy is kind of doing it on his own and sure. he was going to different, you know, I think people are afraid a little bit. Maybe they don't know what kind of, yeah. you know, they're yeah. like, oh, it's different. Well, but then there's shots on the hospital. Right. Yeah. But it's like, Prescribed again, it's medicine. like yeah. if I had the choice and it was one of my family, well, granted, if my parents ever get that way, they asked me if I would shoot them first. But it's like, <laughs> you know, it's it. like somebody. If, if like a call, if, a, if this a, is the Sarah we right, remember. Right, 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 right. Thank you. Yeah. If they came to me and were like, "Hey, you have an option to either go." I mean, I think maybe with more people doing alternative medicine, different things. Sure. If they say, "Hey, yeah. so you can do the traditional like lithium, blah blah blah, or you can do music therapy, which is very popular in kids with autism." Too. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe people would be like, "Oh," but I think. If they're if like people are getting padded from pharmaceutical companies financially sure. or yeah then it's it's, not that's enough yeah money to support it it's gonna have to be it's something the easier that people, solution right yeah. but it's, it's gonna have to be something maybe you know scientific or maybe money with the it. younger generation of bartenders and millennials mm-hmm. that be all about dancing on the bars at the freaking absolutely at the I'm all about hospital. dancing and bartending so. <laughs> oh you should see these little people dance these little in their chair it's so fucking awesome <laughs> but so this cute. is good I mean this is probably why the, the documentary was made in the first place oh yeah super good and I can't believe it I thought that I mean, like, I wish more. It was that Sundance, I, know, I'm I believe. Surprised. Is it on Netflix? It is on Netflix. Yeah, we can watch. Yep, exactly. This is probably the most serious I've ever been in. Ever. I know. I know. Look at you. Were, I think does I it make you guys uncomfortable? Like, I was just like in trance listening to you, like, yeah. especially, yeah. It's my storytelling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and then my, yeah, do, I have a, do I have another one? You well, you know what? This one is pretty good, but it's not as touching, but it's another <laughs> one. It's uh, Searching for Sugar Man. Yeah, yeah. And that one was fascinating to me only because I learned a little more about like, I'd always heard like apartheid or that whole thing. But, you know, when okay. you go to apartheid, like uh, South, South African, African. it's yeah. like, uh, I'd never really, like you, uh, public school didn't serve me well. So <laughs> it was, um, so it's basically like, it's it's like the, it was like a control, um, the government controlled everything till a certain amount of time. And it was like, so Anyway, let me. Do you have a better way of explaining that? No, you're smarter. No, no, no. no. Um, so anyway, I'll, Nelson Mandela. Oh yeah, right, right, right. So it was like not as bad as North Korea, but it, it was in California. Yeah. Let's just say there was got a it. lot of got censorship, it. and they kind of controlled things. And okay, so there was a singer musician in like the late '60s. Kind of his name was Sexto Rodriguez, mm-hmm. but he okay. was gone. You know. Yeah. So he. Um, was kind of like a, you know, poet, kind of Bob Dylan, very like spoken word kind of stuff, yeah. right? Um, performed at coffee shops, what have you. Well, he ma- made a record and they had anticipated the people, the record studio, whoever, they're, oh, it's going to be great. And it's not. Mm-hmm. And it goes nowhere. And so uh, fast forward like 1972, nobody's really sure how, but they, um, a copy of one of his albums made its way to South Africa. I'm assuming somebody, a family or somebody... Was over there, right? So then people at a party or something are like, wow, what is that? Oh, it's just blah, blah, blah. It's from the U.S. And it's like, well, they couldn't get it, obviously. They go, you know, everything was controlled and censored and whatever. So it ends up getting basically bootlegged. 
I mean, for the next 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. like by the big album. Well, yeah, that album. And then obviously, you know, okay. and, um, it like huge record companies are basically making millions of dollars off this album that is now like the voice of this generation of South Africans mm. who are like all about anti-establishment, like the lyrics and his whole That's thing, crazy. you know, so it and was, he has no idea. Well, right? yeah, the yeah. guy, but the, the, the thing is about it is that he, they could not like the people who were like, they knew nothing about this, you know, basically he was like the Bob Marley to Jamaica as far as like getting the people like rise up. Like a, fight, yeah, them, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. And, but it was the, you know, the government was very, like if you go to, would go to a radio station, the record was actually half of the music was crossed out. There was only like two or three songs. Maybe they could actually, oh, wow. not, so the DJ couldn't even listen to it. Mm-hmm. And it, in, at the time, if you were to even inquire outside of South African law, you could be jailed for up to like sure. know, three years or whatever. So it's not like they'd be able, let's find out whatever. They just knew he had died. The stories that this, that the artist yeah. had died. Um, cause now, I mean, every, it was, he was like, anyway, everybody had had his stuff. And so he had died in a, after he had given a shot, a show. And at the end of it, in this whole political statement, he pulls a gun out and he shoots himself on stage. What? And so that was one of the stories. And then, or the, but the, there was another conflicting one that it was the same scenario, except for he set himself on fire. Mm. So, I mean, this was written about in magazines and, you know, published. And so nobody, you know, through all those years knew really how he died because, again, it was in the U.S. like any of the cruisers. Yeah. Well, it's like Robert Johnson, the old blues guy. So supposedly he sold his soul to the devil to learn how to play. Yeah. So that's, yeah. And then, then of course, the devil came back and that's how he died. But really he died because someone poisoned his drink and that's what happened. But the legend's It's almost like an old, like, fairy tale. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, urban legend thing. Yeah, exactly. So no, but it gets... Am I taking too much time no, on this one? No. Okay, so uh, anyway, he so it fast. Now it's nineteen ninety eight, and again, this this guy is like you know bigger than the Beatles in mm-hmm. South Africa. Yeah, yeah. And apartheid is all it's all broken apart and whatever. But he, this journalist, is like I think he's trying to come up with a story, and he's like for like he's working for he's the equivalent Rolling out, Stone. Yeah. Let's say he goes, I'm going to find out how he died. I think it would be a great like, story. Finally. Yeah. And um, get to the bottom of it. Right. So he goes to some of the record companies. Like a lot of the record companies are no longer in existence that were producing the record. And the few that he found, you know, the published, all these people, they're like, well, he was dead. So it's not like we're not, you know, and he's like, that all work. So it's not, and not like they sent him any money because he's dead or whatever. Mm -hmm. So uh, they keep hitting dead ends that way. And so finally they start like just studying the album lyrics. And trying to figure out if there's oh, something that gives it deeper. away, right? Mm-hmm. So they start and they put something together. They're all, oh, I met a girl from Dearborn. They're all, that's Detroit. So they find a, a recording studio that was linked to uh, one of, you know, certain record companies or whatever. Like, to do they go to, they go to talk it. to this guy and he's like, cool. This guy, he's like, I don't know. He didn't, he didn't sell anything here. And they're like, well, how many records did he sell? He goes, six. There were six records. They go. He goes. There's millions in South Africa. He's like, I, I don't know. I don't know so I think, pretty sure, I think that guy yeah. because he was the one that recorded him. I think he actually got a ton of money. Sure. So oh. he was like, whatever. I don't care. They're he like, where are you going to send it? That. Where are you sending yeah. the money? So uh, on his journey through Detroit, this journalist um, finds someone who's like, oh, I have a phone number for a, someone who's his daughter. It's supposed to be this guy's daughter. What? So he calls her. And, you know, he doesn't want to be like, hey, how'd your dad kick it? Like, yeah. what, how did, he do, how did, he, did he burn himself up or did he shoot himself? What, how did he die? You know, yeah. so he's kind of like, you know, talking to her. He goes, you know, your father in South Africa, he's like bigger than Elvis Presley. He, she's like, uh, you what? talking about the right guy here? Like, she's like, I don't think. So confused. He goes, yeah, you know, your father, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, did you not, were you not aware of like his music? He goes, well, I knew he was, 
mus- musical, and but he, I don't think had you no have the idea. right guy. Mm-hmm. She, she had, had no idea. idea. Right. Not, no. Well, no, yeah, because it's South Africa. Who's going to? And he goes, you know, well, he doesn't want to be like, how do you? He's like, well, what do you think your dad would have thought of all this, you know, whatever? And she's like, um, well, why don't you ask him? <laughs> and he's like, excuse what? me. <laughs> So he calls it, he's all, dun, what? Dun, she goes, dun. yeah. So he literally lives in this this ranch shack, like Detroit house. It was his first house. It's now, dele- you know, just condemned practically. Mm-hmm. Like they think he's like, a, he's like the town homeless guy. Yeah. He does like day the work crazy. here and there, mm-hmm. just wandering around the city people. So he, she's like, well, he doesn't have a phone, but I can, when I can, when he does call, I can give him a number to you. So he's like in his hotel room and he gets his call. And oh he, my God. And he's like, he, so he's like, uh. He calls his publisher back in South Africa, and they're all like, dude, it's a hoax. They're all, it's a good hoax, and we're going to go with that, but it's a hoax. So he's like, you need to get him here. You need mm. to tell him we want him to come to South Africa, see if he'll give a little show, and blah, 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 and we're going to see what this is all. It's going to, because it's still, he's like, we're going to write this like, story. Test him yeah, out. Yeah. Test him out. Right. And so I'm not going to let you know any more than now that. Now you got to watch it. God so, bless America. Is it, search, is it Searching for Sugarman? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I have it. It's on Netflix or it's on my whatever. Yeah. It's another beauty. It. Yeah. Look at my documentaries. You can tell. I them know you're on. like so. I'm just in trance listening. Maybe the, you're maybe such a good storyteller. You might have your own episode. This actually, oh. this might. Yeah. I know this. You can. Have I only went through two of them, didn't I? No, three. Did three. I do three. You did three. All right. Did you have any Tiffany? Uh, not off the top of my head. No. Yeah, I figured just, that. Any, I'm it's still like spinning from. There the was a documentary I got the other day called Life After Porn, but it wasn't. You know. Oh yeah, that's right. It's on our Netflix. It's on Fuckface. We have a separate Netflix, like for like the most. You should be able to log in too. Yeah, we should have it. So it's like things, yeah. Sarah, Brian, and oh no, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah I've seen it yeah. over here. Yeah, That's it's so, so that we we're trying to test out the algorithms of Netflix, like the crazy. Yeah, shit. no, because yeah, they yeah. keep exactly. offering you up the same dumb stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so I've we're tried like to create multiple accounts yeah. to try to like generate do different it, stuff. And it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. Work. So yeah. we're like, let's see if we can put the wackest shit under fuckface. So that's what they offer. There's two of them. Yeah, there is, and they're fascinating because some of them are like, fine, I know what the hell I'm doing. Like, this is a business decision i made other more like just cracked out and, right yeah they're just a big old yeah. mess yeah so i guess it's just choices yeah 50 50 either way but yeah. yeah so fuck face is our new i love addition face. to the it's it's a, i love the name and the icon is a penguin i know yeah that's the best it's perfect yes all right <laughs> like that thanks sarah oh. thanks tiffany you're welcome all right we're back with samantha welcome back you. So for this week, we're going to do documentaries, and it's not documentaries, as I was going back and forth with Lindley about, so maybe I can discuss that with her, but documentaries. documentaries. So we're here to help with your English folks. <laughs> so anyway, not to get pretentious, but we're going to talk about Samantha's favorite documentaries, and how many do you have? Um, I Not many, actually. I just pulled out two for this. Mm-hmm. I was never a huge documentary fan. Oh, okay. Um. I think because they're just so, like, serious, and I just never got into them for yeah. some reason, and in the past few years, I've tried to watch more as, like, the Netflix and all that, mm-hmm. but I just don't find a lot of them interesting. But you so. are into true-type TV shows, yes, like, or, or... So, it's yeah. weird, because I watch a ton of reality TV, okay. and I love, like true crime miniseries mm-hmm. but i rarely watch a standalone documentary film interesting like it's like a two-hour story mm-hmm. i'd rather watch something more drawn out like i have a huge list of like do- like tv series that i've watched right. this year, but <laughs> that doesn't count for this right so but getting to traditional documentaries what are the ones that you actually 
really like? So one that I think is really special, and I think it, it always comes up on lists of best documentaries, mm-hmm. um, is Grey Gardens. Hmm. And I mentioned this to you hmm. before that we filmed, and you hadn't heard of it no. before. And it is, it came out in the 70s. I have the details pulled up. Okay, good. Um, so it was filmed in 1975 by the Maisels. They were these two brothers, I believe, who made like a few um, documentary films. They mm-hmm. did Gimme Shelter. Oh, yeah, the Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah about Salesman, which I haven't seen. Okay. Um, so they somehow found out about these two women and they are related or were they're dead now (laughs) but they were related to Jacqueline Onassis Mm -hmm. and I believe they're her aunt or something like that they were called um Big Edie and Little Edie Beal (laughs) Uh those were their names that mom and daughter had the same name okay they were Bouviers. Right. So they were from like East Coast old money. Mm-hmm. And so they were very wealthy. And then when the husband died, when the Big Edie's husband died, the mom and daughter just like lived in their mansion mm-hmm. in like upstate New York, I believe. And it was just this huge, huge house that was called Grey Gardens. And by the 70s, it was like falling apart. So these women who had like old money, I think the daughter wanted to be like a singer or something mm-hmm. in like the 40s or 50s. And they were just very, very eccentric women. And they were, I don't know if they were like cast aside or the whole like social side of things, but they were associated with Jackie O. And so, because they were related, but I can't remember the whole, like, family history. So is that what initially drew you to this? Because you you like Jacqueline Kennedy. I like all the weird, like, history kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I heard about it, and it's kind of a popular documentary in, like, the fashion world. Oh, okay. So, because I'm a big, like, fashion person, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, um, this would always come up because they, these two ladies, they lived in this, like, disgusting old mansion, but in the movie, they're wearing, like, fur, and they wear these really extravagant, like, headwear uh-huh. things, like these scarves, and they basically walk around in costume. Interesting. They're, like, a version of costumes. Right. Throughout the whole movie. But their house was shambled. Yeah. Like, they had <laughs> animals everywhere. Oh and, like, do- and it was just dirty and falling apart. Uh-huh. And I think, like, I was skimming through the Wikipedia article before this, but um, Jackie O and her sister helped, like, them keep their house. Mm-hmm. And so this was filmed, and this movie was filmed and released, like, right after their house was kind of, like restabilized or mm. something but it still looks disgusting like, <laughs> it says that it was their house was infested by fleas oh, cats raccoons had no running water they were in the national Enquirer, <laughs> new york magazine um so i think it was just this huge like social ordeal at the time um so did they ever sell the place or it's still in the family um, I don't know. I'm really curious, actually. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Okay. <laughs> so, um, when Big Edie died in 1977, Little Edie sold the house in 1979. Okay. 
and oh my gosh, I actually did hear about this. These people restored the house mm. and I've seen pictures. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, this documentary is just really cool because yeah. these two women are clearly not are just very eccentric. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say there's something like mentally wrong with them. Okay. I, it doesn't seem like that. I think they just grew up in their own little bubble world right. and they were living like this and who knows, there was probably layers of issues. Sure. And but, when you always, you never worry about money. You can basically do whatever you want. Yeah. Even if it seems crazy to people that are quote unquote normal. Yeah. yeah. And then for some reason they just let their house go into disrepair, but they still thought they were, um, very unique and special in the documentary the younger one would just go around singing right. and they were so excited to have these men film them because they thought oh finally we have the stardom we've always wanted right. and it's just very weird so gray gardens so gray gardens okay that's a good one and i think it came into the um like conversation again because in 2009 they made an hbo movie about it okay with uh jessica lang and drew barrymore oh. and they filmed that and then also the show there's a show called documentary now oh okay it's with two guys from the east beyond snl mm -hmm. they um have this documentary kind of satire show where each episode they um satirize or make their own little documentary uh -huh. and the first episode of that show is based off of gray garden <laughs> so the two guys play the, the oh, two this is ladies <laughs> it's hilarious I think that show's on Netflix. That's cool. You want to check it out. Yeah. But awesome. That's a great pick. So love it. Love this movie. Yeah. I think it's just it. You could be analyzed. These two women were just. Oh yeah. So intriguing mm -hmm. and sad, but funny. But definitely and, worth documenting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably my go-to. It's something I always remembered, and I in that same like vein, I mostly just watch like a lot of fashion documentaries. Yeah, yeah. So I won't bore you with that, but. There was a really cute one mm -hmm. I saw a few years ago. It's um, very similar to, kind of similar to Grey Gardens, actually. Mm -hmm. I have a theme here. It's <laughs> called Advanced Style. Okay. And it's based off of this website or blog, a blog that this guy started where he documents street style from old ladies in New York City. Oh, really? So he would um, just take their picture mm -hmm. and like ask them about themselves. And so he ended up making a documentary about their lives. Nice. And it's very interesting yeah. um, to hear about these like, you know, 70, 80 year old women who still dress very like eccentrically. Mm -hmm. um, and then you hear about their lives and they all kind of met each other during the filming of the documentary. Oh, nice. And it's really cute. And well, it's, it's funny like how something I aspire to. <laughs> fashion always comes full circle. So whatever was outdated ends up becoming in style yeah, again. So yeah, and I think they're very um, the the lot of the women in the this documentary wear like all sorts of crazy things, and it's I think yeah, totally inspirational and fun. Well, that's great. So, so definitely check those yeah. out. We, what's been great about this episode <laughs> is everyone's all over the place. So yeah. we each have a so nice I think little pocket. Documentaries oftentimes you pick things that you're like truly interested Absolutely. in. Absolutely. So I'm like, if I'm going to watch a real life movie, I'm going to watch something. That's... Right. But if you're into fashion or things like that, so like mine, we're mostly sports and yeah. music. So there Ken you go. Burns. Oh, absolutely. Got to have go. baseball. So thank you, Samantha. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the podcast, Lindley. 
Thank you. We're going to talk about documentaries, not documentaries that we <laughs> we discussed before we got <laughs> documentaries. here. Documentaries. Oh, maybe I say documentaries, but I mean docu. But I know the correct way is documentaries. That was like um, I couldn't care less. A lot of people say I, I I could care less, but it's really I couldn't care less. I could less. care less. Yeah. yeah, chomping at the bit. Yeah, be champing at Champ the bit. <laughs> you know, we've been through all these. Right? There's a lot of them, but this we'll do a podcast it, yeah. just on <laughs> four grammar things and, we yeah. say incorrectly. Yes. documentaries. No but, documentaries. Wait, because it's not now spelled T R Y. Now you have me thinking about it too much. I know. I won't be able to say it again. I'm trying to make you less nervous and 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 Mike shy. Now you're making so. me. Yeah, I'm not Mike shy. I just talk well concerned about my voice <laughs> you're one of our bigger guests like people request you specifically no he means that literally no, the biggest not. guest he has you okay how am i gonna dig myself out of this one let's go right into your list okay so you have a to you have i think a list of seven documentaries yeah a list okay of seven. so let's start mm -hmm. with what's the the first on your list <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're never gonna be able to, to get it. out of I know, this i'm not gonna go back to it first on my list gray gardens Actually, that's so funny because I just interviewed Samantha and that was one of her picks. I that's, could imagine that yeah. would be one of Samantha's um, mm -hmm. favorite picks. So, so yeah. um, it's from the seven, I think the 70s, early mm -hmm. 70s, mm -hmm. maybe late 70s. Anyway, um, completely compelling, bizarre look. And did she already talk about it? She did. No, so, but I want to yeah. get your perspective on it. Oh, so. well, it's just, you know, two crazy women living together, Big Edie and Little Edie, yeah. their mother and daughter, <laughs> they're, you know, come from this bourgeois, mm -hmm. um, Kennedy, New York. Yeah, the Bouvier. Lifestyle. Side. Yeah, yeah, it becomes from Jacqueline's side. Um, living in this dilapidated, disgust. I mean, eventually disgusting um, mansion mm -hmm. in the Hamptons, mm -hmm. which is like a very... In New York. Ritzy, exclusive beachfront. It's beachfront. Like, she goes out, the daughter goes out swimming every day. They, like, they film her. And it's just, like, it's it's crazy. I, you just don't know, like, what happened. What went wrong? Yeah. How did they become so dysfunctional, codependent? Like, it's just sad. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, and it was a big, like, cult classic. Hit, yeah. Right? So it, it definitely watched it, you know, someone recommended it to me or something just rented it and it was just like oh my god this is crazy and then they did um, they did the drew barrymore starred in it that's what samantha was saying too yeah the hbo miniseries yeah. but what was it what was the name of the woman jessica lang. jessica lang thank From, you uh, yeah stars yes. as the mother and drew barrymore the the documentary is definitely better than the miniseries mm -hmm. but i mean so, samantha really was saying good. that the the Little and Big Edie both yeah. really seem to enjoy having these filmmakers there. Yeah, yeah, taking, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, just like, I mean, I don't know if they were, there were definitely parts where it looked like hoarding, mm. but also cat. I mean, it was just like disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just can't imagine what went wrong. You guys are how basically saying the same thing. It's hilarious. Yeah, so. <laughs> so I love it. No, I love this because. You yeah, should, yeah, you should watch it though. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. Yeah. I guess it's on uh, Amazon Prime. You can rent it by two ninety nine. So I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, I think it's also, if you have HBO, it's on HBO. So, yeah. Oh no, I don't know if the documentary, right. If the documentary, I'm not sure, but definitely yeah. the miniseries on okay. HBO. But yeah, I want to see the documentary. I think it might be on Netflix. Have you checked? I haven't, I, I, but I'm going to. Probably Samantha would know. She yes. knows it's on <laughs> Amazon Prime, but yeah. yeah. So that's a great one. That's one of the first repeats we've had. So. That's really? Good. Of documentaries? Well, because oh. Samantha picked that one. You picked yeah, that one. of course, so, of course. Yeah. I thought that would be a common... Grey Gardens would be a... It's kind of this iconic uh, documentary. Well, yeah, and, and Samantha and I iconic? talked about this. Yeah. I, we pretty much watch documentaries based on your interests. And so, right. um, you know, mine are a lot of sports and music. Oh, <laughs> so I, I think that, that yeah. makes sense. So. I don't know if I watch mine based on my interest. Maybe. Um, okay, do you want me to go to my next one? Sure. sure. The one I... 
botched. Um, <laughs> we of, never would yeah. know that because it's all edited out. <laughs> fog of War. Okay. It's basically them interviewing Robert McNamara, okay. who served in Vietnam and also, sorry, no, served in World War II, II. and then over was in the Nixon administration during Vietnam. So he's actually. So he was an advisor seen, in Yeah, Vietnam. exactly. What okay. is he? He's, no, he had a special. Uh, he, was, he was part of his cabinet. Okay. Was yeah, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Main dude, the okay. main security guy. I'm sorry, am I embarrassed? I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I apologize that my my uh, dementia is setting in <laughs> while I speak about this. But anyway, it's just it's a very interesting look at the complexities of war. Like it's yeah. not all black and you know. I mean, because Robert McNamara is seen as this evil, horrible person right. who um, dropped the bomb. In here yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, no, he didn't drop the bomb. Well, he yeah, talks about it, but so he sure. talks about the like, do you drop a bomb? And into war quickly mm-hmm. and save, you know, lives, but also d- d- yeah. wiping out. Yeah, yeah. Also wiping city. out people. Yeah. I mean, it's just like yeah. the just the yeah that it's just very complex Absolutely. and that this simple look at war is bad or mm-hmm. war is good, you know, whatever. It's just not. Yeah, it gives you both sides, and you can decide. Kind of. I mean, it's mind. his side, but it is kind. It's kind of. It's kind of anti-war, but also. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. It's just right. it's it gives you the nuance. Of sure, this very complex where you would think. I mean, me mm-hmm. being very, you know, thinking I am very anti-war right. growing up, but now it's like, well, I don't know. Sometimes it is necessary, you know. Well, well, well of course, World War Two necessary, well, right? Yeah. Well, that and we, you know, the U.S. <laughs> waited as long as they could, and then they were yeah. attacked. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah it exactly. wasn't like they were getting in immediately. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Next, what's the next? Um, one? The next one is another. Warish one, but no, one day in September. Okay. So that is um, the Munich Olympics, mm. um, the kidnapping mm. of the 68? Israeli athletes. Is that it 68 or 72? It's, maybe it's 72. I think it's, it's probably 72. 72. Yeah. I think it's 72. Okay. Um, yeah, just really, I don't know. Even though you know the outcome, you still feel like you're watching a, you know, like you don't know what's going to happen, even though you know what happens. Yeah. They all die. Sorry yes. for the spoiler <laughs> alert, but you should know that. And the, and in, the, the movie history. based on it was great too. So, yeah, yeah, but also just the fuck ups that yeah. went on with the German police and mm-hmm. like unbelievable what happened there. Yeah. So that was just crazy that yeah. that could happen and that the Olympics continued on. You know what I mean? It was just so, it was just such a strange point in history. Yes. Very, very bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a really good one. Michael Douglas narrates, and I didn't mm. think I liked Michael Douglas or his voice, but he, he's a good narrator <laughs> he's good at it. Yeah, in yeah. documentaries. Yeah. So that's a really great, I recommend that one. Okay. The other one was the one we talked about earlier is the jinx. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that was also one that I didn't know anything. I just started watching it one morning. Uh-huh. Like everyone was out of the house and I'm like, well, I'm just going to sit down and watch this. I knew nothing about the stories. Yes. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? What? What happens next? Like, I didn't know he was, you know, whatever. I won't give that away, but I didn't know. Well, anything this is about one of my it. picks and, and I did. Did you but, spoil, do you spoiler alert? I don't because <laughs> uh, I think people need to see it. One thing I did mention though is that this documentary actually has an outcome of real life which is well, pretty cool. right yeah. yeah i mean it's yes. still going so. it's still going on that, yeah yeah so yes. just to that teaser alone it's worth checking out to see how it's worth watching happens. because oh. it's just a crazy how this guy keeps getting story. away with all also this. Yeah. well then go i'll go into sure um oj made in america do you that, count that one absolutely that one in? yeah yeah and you know how that guy released it it's basically like a t te- it's like eight parts or something yeah. right but he released it in the theater for one day so it could make it into the oscars okay so this is kind of a cheat because more true story it's not a pure documentary but oj 
Okay, so my, are we thinking about the no, one this, where Cuba Gooding Jr. played him? No, okay, no, you're no, talking no. about the, the, the actual... documentary. Yes, yeah, that yeah, definitely yeah. Sorry, is. this ESPN. I think it's ESPN. Yeah, so that one gets I'm into also sure the LA the riots. Told me. And, yeah, and the, yes, it goes into yeah. the history of LA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but just connecting it to the jinx was just this part where if you have enough money, you can... Buy your way out of you things. Get, Absolutely. You can literally get away. Absolutely. If you have a strong enough defense team, yep. then you can literally get away with murder. That's right. Um, so, yeah. that that I mean, I, when I watched the Jinx, I was like, oh, my God, this is just like OJ. Like, this yeah. is crazy. He just has, like, a stronger, you know. Defense team. Yeah, defense than, team than the prosecution. Yeah. Well, it happens a lot with celebrities. I mean, you see all these. Uh, it happened with the guy from Motley Crue, Vince Neil. He basically was drunk driving, killed oh. another guy in a band, and wow. got probation. Crazy. Anyone right? else, you're going to jail. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 For a long time. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the OJ Made in America just as the, yeah, the history of what was, what going, was going on, on at LA. that time and what, yeah, the background of LA, of the uh, race riots yep. and Rodney King. Yeah. And all it, of even that. the Menendez brothers going yeah, on at the same time. I know. So, yeah. so, and I, rem- I mean, I watched that every day on TV, oh, absolutely. you know? So mm-hmm. it was really interesting also to see what Marsha Clark was going through. Like, yep. I didn't know any of that. And Christopher yeah. Darden and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and even Johnny Cochran, too. Right, so, right, yeah. right, yeah. The dream team. So. Yeah. yeah it's a fascinating so time in history. <laughs> when, yeah. Yes. Crazy time. And then, like, the Kardashians are in our... Yeah. Still around. That's just Nobody nuts. knew about them at the time. I mean, no, you, you would have never guessed. kids, but... You I'm would, trying to think. I think Chris... And Bruce, but it was famous. I thought there was something to. I thought at that time there it was known that his wife was front was sitting on the opposite side, like was sitting with the In his the ex-wife yeah. was with Nicole's family right. versus where Robert was. Right. But, so there was like I think that was tabloid well, at the time. For Not a long that time, she was famous then. Or Kardashian anything, yeah. was synonymous with Robert. <laughs> now nobody remembers right. Robert yeah, yeah, at yeah. all. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's kind of crazy how things have changed. Meals. So what are the other ones on your list? What are they, I only have two more. Did I talk about Okay, yeah. So the other one is on... It's on HBO, Bright Lights. I haven't heard of it. Um, Carrie Fisher and um, Debbie Reynolds. Oh, it's yes. It's like this yeah. little sweet... It's right... It was filmed right before they passed away. Right. I think they rushed released About their life together. Too. I think yeah. so. Yeah, they were filming it probably a year before um, they passed away because it's her in England. And mm-hmm. I think that's where she... Part of it's her in England. So, yeah, it's just as crazy. I love Debbie Reynolds. I mean, I yeah. really love Debbie Reynolds. Um, and Carrie Fisher. Oh, yeah. Like, yep. It's just the, yeah, it's very, very sweet. I really recommend it. Very people, enjoyable. And people forget how very popular Debbie Reynolds was. I mean, it's yeah. it, people actually think that Carrie Fisher is more popular. It's not true. Debbie well, Reynolds of her time. not famous. Yeah, Debbie no. Reynolds was, definitely was. And she had her. She, yeah, what I've just been watching because they just released it is Will and Grace. And she mm-hmm. plays Grace's mother. And mm-hmm. she's just fucking hilarious and like she's so good the movie you recommend her mother she's yeah. brilliant oh my that. gosh she's great in mother and then in so in will and grace she's very much like the mother who is in postcards from the edge which yes. is like carrie fisher she doesn't star in no. that she wanted to which is just so funny but her she's very much taken yeah. as like a debbie reynolds is that shirley mcclain it was Shirley MacLaine and De- yeah, Meryl Yeah, Shirley MacLaine plays Debbie Reynolds and Meryl Streep right. plays Carrie Fisher. Which is a good movie. Yeah. Is, yeah. Oh, that's a great movie, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's off the topic. And Debbie Reynolds is great. And well, you I'm... should do biographies. Oh, we definitely will. Yeah. Did you do them? No, we should do well, biographies. Biographical films. Yes. Yeah. That would be a good okay. one. Yeah, good. thank you, Sadie. Yes, <laughs> We're never out of yeah. ideas. <laughs> okay, what's the last the one? The last one is The Keepers, which is I think on... I've heard about this. Yeah, I, re- I think I recommend it yes, to you. I recommend yeah. it to everybody. It's... um. 
it's on Netflix, so it's kind of like O.J. Made in America. It's like eight-part series. Mm-hmm. The Keepers is in reference to these um, these two women who have been researching the murder of their um, their teacher when they were in high school, who was a nun. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's basically uncovers this crazy web of just, yeah, um, what, abuse. What years was, and, did this take place? So in the late six, like mid to late 60s, okay. like that's when they were in high school. Maybe early to, I mean, the abuse went on for many, years. many years. They mm-hmm. uncover that. And then, um, yeah, it's just, and it's two pre, it's like basically two priests who are the focus mm. of, um, I, one of them is definitely dead. And the other one I think dies while they are making the keepers. He's basically seen all, I think they go mm. and talk to him, but they were like basically the head headmasters or yeah. I don't know how Catholic schools run, but yeah. they were the head priests and then all the nuns were the teachers. And it was just basically they the, I mean, it, it basically points that, um, because she was about to speak out on their abuse of the teenage girls that were at the high school, um, that they murdered her and then to got go. rid of her. Yeah, right. to cover up that because she was about to come forward to the Catholic Church. Okay, and, um, and no, there was no. They just kind of live in their own little cloak. No, so, so yeah, exactly. Speak. They yeah. didn't get they yeah. they served for years. Yeah, I mean the abuse is crazy. That about yeah. for one of them specifically, it's just like what is uncovered, and a lot of it is. Yeah, I got really super like, oh my god, what is going on here? I even like was watching their Facebook page for a while because they had updates because sure. it's still an unsolved mystery okay. kind of like a cold case. Um, so more people yeah. are coming forward, and anyway, yeah. Anyway, it's just a compelling thing. Well, you mentioned money, but yeah. power in the Catholic Church or any church is there's that's nothing. The same, yeah, it's just as bad. Same same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean that before the uh, yeah, this all happened before whatever. I think. Some of them that were abused by these two guys then went to trial mm-hmm. in during the 90s, you know, like came forward as anonymous witnesses right. against one of them. Um, and I think they lost, like, I think they still lost their case, but it was after it was after that, whatever that Matt Damon movie is, yes, where yeah. he not Matt Damon, uh, what's his who is it, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, that movie. It's about I mean, the, it's about news, that. He's on the newspaper. And he's yeah, yes, I think yeah. the Boston Globe. Yes, and they're great covering movie. Yeah, what an awesome abuse. Yeah, yeah, abuse by priests in mm-hmm. the Catholic Church. So yeah, and the cover-ups. I mean, yeah. basically well, the cover-ups. that's yeah. I mean, it's not just they get away with murder. I mean, they are getting away with murder, but they're yeah. also getting away with all this abuse. And all they do is just put them in a different. Yeah, exactly. Just move them yeah. from church, and they do it again and <laughs> Don't again. Don't solve the problem. So. Yeah, crazy, scary. Something like just super scary about that. Well, if you want some uplifting documentaries, yeah. folks. <laughs> well, wait, what in here? Oh, none of these are uplifting. Bright That's lights. That's not true. Bright, Bright lights would be a good one. It's very, but sad because they passed away uh, right when it's they released it. It's always a silver lining. Yes. <laughs> Bright lights, I would say, would be very uplifting. Okay. It's very sweet. Well, thank you as well. It's almost Grey Garden. It's kind of like a Grey Gardens. Grey Gardens is dysfunctional. Yeah, I think that's not a point. Grey Gardens is not, it's not. It's like a train wreck. Not super dark yet, a train wreck. (laughs) But I would say Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds is similar, or very, have a similar relationship to in Grey Gardens. They're just not completely nuts. Right. They're just kind of eccentric. Where they are eccentric and nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you as always, Wendley. Of course. All right, we're back with Enrica. Hello! <laughs> and this week we're going to cover documentaries, and we're going to be all over the place on this one. Yeah. I, I'll be shocked if any if we repeat anyone <laughs> on this one, because documentaries are so... So vast! Yes, so this is going to be a lot of fun. So. I love documentaries. And you, you always come up with a good list, so I'm, I'm curious Thank you. what you're going to do this week. Thanks. I like documentaries although i don't like the 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 health and food documentaries of today i think they're ridiculous um 
And even like the the inconvenient, politically motivated sure. documentaries, like I think there there are often really important points mm-hmm. to be made that are just made with way too much like bias. And, of course, I don't know. I don't like. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable because I can't trust the information as being like actually. Yeah. Curious. Even if you agree with it. Even if I agree yeah, with yeah. it, like I, I feel like I need the data. I need to see the data. Yeah. <laughs> I need to see like. How much you manipulated the information sure. to fit your thesis? Absolutely. You know, I don't, I don't like that style. But mm-hmm. there are a few that I just love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Amy. <laughs> oh yes, the Amy Winehouse. Yeah, really I well love Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. I didn't know a lot about her life and her kind of deep levels. Until I saw the documentary. Yeah. I loved her music, but I didn't know like about her and her tortured nature. Yeah. And I watched it on a plane. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I was crying so hard. Yeah, yeah. I was like the loser in the center seat on the plane. You okay? <laughs> and then I was inspired to be here for Halloween. That's right. And if you did, well, obviously you haven't seen Enrica, but oh, if you did get here, yeah. she, she does amazing jobs on her Halloween oh, costume. Oh, so I'm very honored to hear she, you. She pulled that. it off, and it, that was not an easy costume to do. Amy? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was easy. Well, the tattoos, you I mean, you went pretty deep. The tattoos were so fun. Yeah. And she is such an artistic, unique and, and looking person. Yeah. So it was really easy to kind of... There's just signature things, yeah. you know? Subtlety is often harder than obvious, like black dyed beehive. <laughs> right. Um, but then you guys, so you did Amy Winehouse, you did, um, who was the, the character? Um, Arthur. Arthur, the, yes. <laughs> and Marty McFly this year. Marty McFly this year, who I've, I've wanted up. to be Marty McFly forever. Yes. And my, my big dream is Rufio from Hook. Nice. But the artistic direction on Hook mm-hmm. was so incredibly detailed, especially the costume design. It's going to be tough to Like get. that 80s, 90s grunge punk yeah. look on all the kids and mm-hmm. Rufio with his red, like, skunk mohawk <laughs> and the, you know, the teeth on his necklace yeah. and the studded belts and, oh my gosh, it's so involved but i that's what i want i want to be here feel so bad he's my dream how, yeah how far are you willing to go for your art i don't know i mean if the problem with my costumes is they're usually last minute yeah like i have an idea and then i don't have plans so i don't execute it sure. and then like the weekend before plans magically show up and mm-hmm. i'm like guess i need a costume yeah. and i will still want to be the thing i wanted to be right but I have to like throw it together at last minute. The idea is always more fun than actually the uh-huh. execution. That's uh-huh. always the way. So, um, but getting yeah. back on topic, so yeah, so, but Amy, that, that changed do- my life. That documentary is—it's. I'm amazed the footage they got. I know. I mean, it's it's all real stuff really that you get throughout your career, and yeah. the people they're able to talk to, yeah. to like kind of illuminate mm-hmm. some of the things that were going on in her life. Yeah. Her addiction issues and her relationships, and she was so young, but oh, she yeah. had like such a rich, dangerous, mm-hmm. artistic twenties, yeah. and, and even her late teens. I don't know. I thought it was amazing. I thought it ended beautifully. Yeah, kind of those shots of what could have happened. Like, yes, the the collaboration she was working on, the mm-hmm. the, the the music she was making, yeah. and getting ready to release at that time of her death. Yeah. So it's just like it could have been. She could have been. Oh, totally. You know, that yeah. amazing. But she's kind of one of those tortured artists that she would have been better off just being a musician, yeah, not being super not famous. Yeah, public eye. And she was yeah. at, like, a really weird time in 2000, 
2005 to 2009 where there yeah. was like this obsession with the celebrity downfall yeah. and like wanting to watch these people burn i think we've kind of moved away from that but like the tabloid culture of like who's on drugs yeah who's self-destructing and just exploiting their pain yeah. and, and all that kind of horrible stuff i feel like that's ended now i mean we only really do it to like justin bieber because he's a <laughs> jackass <laughs> you kind of deserve it yeah but it, like yeah. people are going through a lot we try to kind of as a culture like lift them up and now and and yeah. we don't we, we don't if we are tearing them apart on mm-hmm. social media at least the media, comma, general, tries to, like, sure. say that that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe um, we finally realized that there's, or they've realized that the media, that, you know, they probably torn down so many people I that know. let's learn from your mistakes. But, or, yeah. you know, like the Lindsay Lohan oh, sure. story. Or the, um, God, what was her name, the actress? Um, Anna Nicole Smith. Yes. Oh, she was uh, She was a teen actress, and she was... The, even Demi Lovato, you know? Yeah. Well, she has talked publicly about a lot of her mm-hmm. issues. Who's the blonde that was on, she was in all those teen movies, and uh, I'm going to have to edit all this Misha out. Misha Barton? I don't know. No, she, oh, she, went on tw- she like went on Twitter rants and all. Oh, the, Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes, yes. Yeah. She was, yeah. Her behavior was so erratic that like most people were just concerned. Yeah. They were like just worried. Yeah. And I don't know. But like we don't, we're not really like tracking her anymore. No. We're trying to watch these people burn, and like I feel like that was part of Amy's issue. You're right, because I mean, there was the Charlie Sheen phase where it's just like it, that was almost self promotion. I mean, it was. Point, yeah. We treat women different. Train wreck yeah. women differently than train wreck men for yeah. sure. Like, mm-hmm. but for fragile young actresses and musicians yeah. in the business who are often managed by a room of men sure. all the time, telling them what to do. You know, your behavior is kind of monitored and... Yeah. Yeah, it's really... It's a recipe for disaster when you mm-hmm. add, like, now the media is watching your every Right. And it's really sad. Poor Amy. Love you, girl. <laughs> but that's Justin why it's Keith. it's awesome when you see your Taylor Swift's, your Madonna's, the ones that kind of take over their own career and they're they're in control. Of yeah, I mean, Taylor Swift is insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is, but she knows what she's doing. She does. Yeah. She is calculated. Yeah. Beep. Like, she... Yeah, yo, totally. She's genius. Um, appreciate her. Yes. Hard Day's Night. Yeah, of course. Did people mention it? Is that really a documentary, though? Not the movie. Okay. The, um, the Ron Howard documentary. Oh, oh, oh. so it's recently. not called that. So it's called uh, Eight Days a Week. Oh, right. Yes. Eight Days a Week. Yeah. Right, Which right. is amazing, because that's going to be on my short list, too. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I just, I saw another one I saw on a plane, and I yeah. kept, like, tapping on my husband, being like, oh, this is so good, you should be watching this. <laughs> Again, with the footage they yeah. got. Oh, so good. And some of the interviews, mm-hmm. like, way back from the early 60s, yeah. when their accents were still super Liverpool. But they're and, so funny. Like, they're like stand-up they're comedians. Yeah. And just their, their attitudes about civil rights mm-hmm. and you know not playing to segregated audiences that's mm-hmm. stuff that i had no idea no, they, they took such a stance young 20 something yeah. dudes from liverpool yeah. just like coming in not giving a crap about like and, yeah. making a political or social statement nope. like i don't know they were it really shows like the role there's not been like that kind of influence no. in culture. They changed everything. They did. Rock music is basically different because of Oh the yeah, Beatles. all yeah. music. Yeah. They changed everything. They were amazing. Yeah. I also loved how much detail they went into with George Martin and his yes. role cuz my brother is a producer mm-hmm. and makes music and always idolized 
Charging he's the Mackie. fifth Beatle on So it was like yeah. really fun to watch his involvement too. I love yes. it. It was good. It was really well done. And it's also, it's it's not your, it's only the touring years. Yeah. So it's all the live stuff. Yeah, right which I like because there's not a lot of information about no. what was going behind the scenes while they were playing these stadiums that they couldn't hear each yes. other. Like they were still in tune somehow. Yeah, yeah, which, is, yeah which is a testament to them because the the equipment back then was, was so not bad. what they used there to be. There were no monitors. You could never hear, especially with all the screaming. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. You, the, the, the women in the crowd or the girls in the crowd, you could mm. hear them. Better than you could hear the Beatles. I know. <laughs> I, so, so much respect. Yeah. Watching that gave me even. I had respect for them. Oh, sure. Even more. Um, but yeah, watching yeah. the footage of the fans losing their minds. It's, it's that was hilarious. fun. And yeah. even interviews with like Sigourney Weaver oh, yeah. and some of the and, girls. and um, Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, and some, yeah, the black women who, mm-hmm. for the first time, they were like allowed to yeah. worship like the same idols. Yeah. It was. It's so cool. I yeah. just. It was a great way to tell the story. It was. It I was loved well, it. Really well done. Um, so that one, those are two music ones. That's okay. Um, I have music <laughs> and then there's a food one. Uh-huh. Jiro Dreams of Sushi. <laughs> I think you told me about this before. In, in Jiro Dreams I, of Sushi? I think so. Do other people talk about Jiro Dreams no, of Sushi? No, but I believe you, it had to be you if we, if we t- talked <laughs> The reason it. why I'm laughing is because, yeah, it was like a really good, detailed, respectful representation of this like extremely successful Japanese sushi chef who has like the best sushi restaurant in Japan. Right. Arguably in the world, and you know, Mich- like a million Michelin stars, like the best mm-hmm. sushi chef ever, and his dedication to his craft, and mm-hmm. how he selects the fish down to the last detail, like really h- highlights this guy's like craziness, yeah. but like also genius. And sure, I, there's question. always a fine line. Between always a fine line, and, and I yeah. love documentaries that explore those sure. personality types. I think it's cool because you don't have to make any conclusions. Like this guy's crazy, yeah. <laughs> like this guy's a genius. Yeah. You can just kind of like. Highlight that ambiguity. Yeah, I like it. Enjoy but it for what it is. <laughs> the reason why I'm laughing is because there's, I don't know if you watched a Netflix documentary now. Mm-hmm. I have not. Oh yeah. my God. It's, they make like fake documentaries that are making fun of other documentaries. Oh, okay. That's fun. So it's like Mystery Science Theater <laughs> kind of, um, documentaries. Yeah. It's Bill, what's his last name? I don't know. Um, what's, I don't know. Ah, documentary now. They're SNL guys. Um, documentary now i forget their names but they're freaking hilarious and they do all sorts of different stuff bill Hader and oh yeah yeah seth myers nice. fred armison yeah it's a bunch of snl guys it gets a 94 percent on rotten tomatoes nice. but it's so on point and the reason why i was laughing at your dream was because they create like a mock of that called juan likes rice and chicken <laughs> oh god <laughs> And it's this guy in Colombia who, like, lives in a hut and just has perfected chicken and with rice. rice. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, how he chooses every individual grain right. and, like, will only get allow the chicken to be served if you can catch it with your bare hands that day. And yeah. it's, like, so hilarious. It's spot on. The, it's the, spot on. Yeah. And just the way the cuts are kind of mm-hmm. mocked and the, and the music is mocked. I'm everything have to check down this out. Detail. Yeah. yeah, documentary now. The first one's a mockumentary. No, of course, yeah. The yeah. first one in the series is a mockumentary of, I think, like, the Beatles or, like, those, oh. those mm-hmm. like, documentaries about bands. Sure. It, yeah. yeah, it's, like, the Blue Jean Committee <laughs> is the band name. Okay. And it's, like, this band from Chicago that mm-hmm. makes it big, like, making California branded music. 
And they met this, they were called the Blue Jean yeah. Committee, and they had this big hit record called Catalina Breeze, which was just like, and they, like, what brought the band to destruction? Always, because every music documentary follows that arc. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's genius how they mimic it. Yeah. It's great. So, 10 out of 10. I'd definitely check Would recommend. Okay. Um, and then lastly, yeah. a lot of a more serious note, mm-hmm. uh, Going Clear. Yes, the, the Scientology, Scientology one. Doc- that really I well am obsessed yeah, with Scientology. Scientology yeah. I'm obsessed with cult style, mm-hmm. you know, how these things kind of are attractive to people and yeah. how they organically grow and what types of misconduct, you know, happens yes. behind the scenes. And yeah, I'm fascinated with Scientology. I want to see it burn. No, mm-hmm. no offense yeah. to those <laughs> of you who may be Scientologists. That's okay. I don't, I don't know how many listeners are Scientologists, <laughs> but oh, well, you two just... Skip ahead of this one. Yeah. Yes, and I just think it was such a really detailed, illuminating, without necessarily being offensive or inflammatory. No. Just like this is what they think. This is the amount of money it costs to go up the ladder. Yep. Like, this and they is... had plenty of ex-members in there oh, yeah. on that documentary, and it really highlighted the L. Ron Hubbard origin story really yes. well, which I liked yes. because it's very a lot of his like psychological behaviors and his elements of like uh you know not trusting mental health yes um science i mean that just comes from maybe being scarred he he clearly had maybe paranoid schizophrenia Mm -hmm. or some very serious you know issue yeah definitely psychological issue that was probably confronted with traditional psychology yeah that really scarred him and you know he created an entire Religion. <laughs> I mean, he was a sci-fi writer. He was a, he was a sci-fi writer. writer. He also, you know, was is recorded on tape as saying he heard voices yep. and believed that there were, you know, things in the universe trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was very troubled, I think. Yeah. And a great example of how troubled white men with power can <laughs> destroy millions of lives. Yeah. <laughs> but he, I mean, he... Bought, people bought into this for whatever. He found some sort of niche. I mean, I remember as a kid in the 80s watching TV and you would see Dianetics commercials. Yeah, because yeah. I think from if at, at its core, Dianetics is not terribly inflammatory or no. you know, problematic. It's just another, like... Religion book, I mean, yeah, or whatever, yeah. Or, like, if you, you know, think about it about your challenges mm-hmm. you can eliminate them from your life like yeah. the very simple just like self-help kind of stuff it's no different than what was it the what was it the um what was the oprah thing that she was touting yeah what was it the oath i'm the oath there's um, all sorts of like self-help the, the secret the secret yeah. yeah like self-help style that's what dianetics the imp- impression i got from it like yeah. you can make things better in your own life and in, without you know needing to rely on sure all these other things, but but it became a scam. I mean, especially then David Miscavige mm-hmm. took oh, over, yeah. Yeah. and it became way more than just like this scary delusion. It's a, it, it was a huge business. It's <laughs> I mean, a big, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. it's like a it's like a little you know a dictatorship. Yeah, absolutely, a and authoritarian. It, yeah. So it's not bad for the celebrities. But everyone that's not a celebrity, they're like the minions. So. Well, the I mean, I don't think there's any celebrities in the Sea Org, and mm-hmm. the Sea Org where you work full time yeah. for the church is where there's been all of these accusations of abuse, right? And you know, 
you're kept in these chambers. No contact to anyone that doesn't buy into it. You're forced to do manual labor. Mm -hmm. Your children born into this organization are taken from you and raised separately. Mm -hmm. You're taught from an early age that you do not have ownership over your child. Your child is his or or her own individual. And their relationship is irrelevant. The more, the most important thing yeah. is Scientology. It's so crazy. It I don't is. know. It gave me a lot of uh, perspective, a new, a unique perspective on religion as a whole, mm-hmm. but specifically cults. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like fascinating to me. So now you should be watching other documentaries based on the, like the Jamestown. I know. Gang I love those cults. The Moonies. And, yeah. I have like I don't know. I have a problem. I I, I can't stop <laughs> watching cult documentaries. Hey, I like true crime too. So like, mm. they're all kind of. Same. I like true crime. Yeah, I love the Menendez murders. Did you watch the Menendez? I loved murders? it. Great. Mini did series. you like it? I really did because I I grew up. I did not, yeah. so I didn't know how to feel. Mm-hmm. You didn't like it. I or, liked it. Okay, but I didn't know how to feel like in terms of how they the presented yeah. the information. I wasn't sure if they were being perfectly accurate to like the details. As far as of I remember, I made sure that during watching it, I didn't go back and find out what happened. Yeah. But when I recall, it was pretty factual. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and it really highlighted how we think differently about abuse now. And yeah. like sex abuse. And oh, yeah. Being victimized by something like that. And I really think that if that same case were tried in a different place, different time, Separate from OJ, separate from Rodney King. Yes, Maybe exactly. today, not in LA, those poor children yeah. would be shown like at least a, a manslaughter. Absolutely, and the way they portrayed the judge was was very interesting because yeah. he, he he was out to get the, maybe not them, but definitely the lawyer. The <laughs> yeah, um, or the defense Falco. lawyer. Yeah, um, I yeah, it was clear that there were so many things that made it really complicated oh yeah but more than anything that those stories of abuse like how can you not believe that how can you not like understand the implications of being abused your entire life and how that could turn you violent out of perceived self-defense that's right like you perceive everything as a threat yeah and then the bombshell at the end regarding his mom like the dad's mom the grandmother how it starts yep it always starts from somewhere. From somewhere, yeah. and it spreads like cancer. Uh-huh. And these poor boys were the ones who stopped the cycle, right? Like yep. the cycle has to stop somewhere. And they were punished for it. And they were imprisoned for life yeah. without parole. Yeah. And the saddest part yeah. is yes, they were, yeah, is yeah. they were like, it's going to be better than our lives were. Yeah, like, and they and they haven't seen each other since, like since the trial. Like yeah. they're totally separate prisons. So yeah. I mean, the fact that they view prison. As a safer, safer place for them than their childhood should tell you everything. (laughs) Yeah, a lot. Yes, I don't know. That's my. That's almost a documentary too. Yeah, it is. I think it can. Well, no, it's It's a a dramatization. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and there's plenty of Menendez documentaries though. Yeah, Yeah. isn't there? There was one that was recent, wasn't it? Probably Menendez. Menendez? <laughs> <laughs> We're devolving. It's it's late on Friday. It's Menendez. Friday. The yeah. Menendez. Menendez is losing it. Thank you, Enrique. You're welcome. Okay, we're back with Danielle. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I got to make her laugh. Okay, so for this week's episode, we're going to talk about our favorite documentaries. Yeah. And this year, you have 
or this year, this, <laughs> this episode, you have seven? Seven. Because you usually go with the top six. I know. But you're going to be different. Of course. Okay, always different. <laughs> At least it's not seven we and a half. We need to change a little bit. Of course. Okay, so let's let's start with number seven. So you know I, I really enjoy watching documentaries. Is that the name? Documentary? Yeah. <laughs> Documentaries. Documentaries. And, <laughs> and I do not, like, I don't remember all the names because I watch it. Pretty much almost every day. A documentary. Like, yeah, before sleeping, I just pick one on Netflix right. or Amazon. Or and, Ancient uh, Aliens. Yes. Hey, <laughs> those two are on my list. <laughs> oh. So I have, like, this these uh, different types that I like to watch. I like to watch, like, nature or, you know, history mm -hmm. or, like, alien, of <laughs> course, sure. right? Like, those conspiration theories always uh -huh. conspiracy fun theories. to watch. Uh -huh. Yes, conspiracy theories. There you <laughs> go. say the word. <laughs> Constipated theories. <laughs> I will do a, a podcast that I, I won't like say something well, with that my would, accent. No, that would be that would be boring. I this is why we have you on. I like the perfect sentence. No, no, no. One day. Okay. One day. One day. <laughs> That's okay. So yeah. So I really enjoy. So it was really hard for me, like take pick some Seven, because yeah. it, which one I'm, I'm gonna pick. So yeah. I would do like a random like counting down but it's not necessarily on that word because i enjoy all of them and some i didn't i don't remember the names okay. you know that i really it stays on my mind but i don't remember the names okay so the ones that you don't remember the name you're not gonna pick no them. i won't pick got okay? it okay so it's about like one it's about the bible because as a agnostic i okay. really enjoy like listening well no it's still interesting about the Bible. Yeah, sure. and one is about michelangelo that sure. I forgot completely so those two is really good but i forgot the name so never mind okay so so number seven it's um actually there are two combines a combo oh. <laughs> is this your seven and a half no, yeah. it is it's from national geographic and they really enjoy watching i when i when i want to fall asleep i, I watch that it's not because it's boring, but because it's, it's calming. peaceful. Yeah. So it is uh, Planet Earth okay. and the Blue Planet. Okay. I love it, and I put my kids watch it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's super. It shows the whole planet, all the nature, the oceans. You know, the forest mm -hmm. and you know climate, everything. So, like, how is the you know how is Australia what's the animals you know and then they talk about sharks and mm -hmm. and goes like Africa shows I really this is an amazing both of them it's sure. amazing like documentary yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's very there's a lot of info if you, you know who is into biology sure. or it I like it it's not you know I it's not my formation but I really like uh, those kind of Documentary. Sure. Okay. That's a great one. Yes. Number six. We didn't pick it, does? No. no. Oh, they all pick like very well, serious. No, no. Mine were mostly. <laughs> mine were mostly music. very serious Holocaust style. No, no, no. <laughs> People are picking ones that they're probably subjects they're most interested in, and so like I'm very interested in obviously sports and music, so there's a lot of ones okay. I know. So um, it's you know that's a, that's why this is a great subject. There won't be a lot of repeats. Okay. So yeah. So okay, and so number um, six. Ah, where's my number six? <laughs> so, oh, this I don't know how to say. You just said you killed my surprise. Okay. The one that I'm into it, like, I'm super, I'm not into it, like, believing and putting, like, 
foil on my head, but I really no, like... No, ancient aliens. I just put a foil on my head when I do my highlights, yeah, yeah. but... <laughs> You're talking to the aliens. But, yeah, it's... How do you say? Ancient... Ancient aliens. aliens. It is a funny... Okay. It is funny yeah. uh, documentary. Yeah. Like, okay, I don't believe... It. One thing that the guy says, but the way that he says, how he twists everything to be like that, mm -hmm. it's very smart. And his face, like he looks like an alien. So <laughs> it's super, he's get, he gets very excited and he starts like shaking his head and hands. So it is fun. It's something fun to watch. And, and what, what station is that on? No, I have Netflix okay. and uh, Amazon Prime, Got so it. I watch. I don't have a TV. So for this, oh, that's uh -huh. true. So yeah. for the documentaries, we weren't we weren't specifying if it was a movie or TV because documentary could be anything. Oh yeah, so, like yeah. Planet Earth and the Blue Planet mm -hmm. was in the theaters. Actually, oh okay. Movie theater, mm -hmm. yeah, and life. There's something about life. It's not the movie life, but there is one that is life. Sure. And they're in the movie theaters, mm -hmm. like uh, those. I don't think so. It's like a. TV series, yeah. but it like is documentary, and he has he goes like, you know, different states to talk with different scientists, and then he twists everything that the science says, you know, this that thing. Yeah. Like it, it is, it is entertaining. So sure. I really like it. So <laughs> I um, watch all the episodes. I, I know. <laughs> okay, so this is my number six. Good pick. That was great. <laughs> so the number five, and don't laugh. This was a movie too, actually. Okay. But it's a documentary, actually. Is the March of the Penguins? Oh, right. that's actually on my short list because uh, Morgan Freeman. It's yeah. it's so interesting. Yeah. First, I didn't watch. I would pass, you know, when I was looking at the menu. I like that. That's stupid. It's for kids, and but I it even isn't. thought it was like a cartoon or something. No. When I watched it, and I, you know, I saw how it is and how tough it is, and the oh, dads great. take care of the eggs, you know, and they get broken, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, it's so sad. And how like the moms need to swim because they're starving. Yep. So I I enjoy that. I yeah. I put the kids to watch and they mm -hmm. love it. And yeah. Well, what's interesting is penguins are very cute. They're not necessarily nice animals, oh, no. yeah. and they're not cleans, but uh, they're <laughs> a lot of fun to watch. And of course, it's narrated by Morgan Freeman, which which is great. It's going to be like, perfect. His voice is amazing. Absolutely. Yes. And there was a spoof on it called Farce of the Penguins when they got comedians oh, to really? basically play the, oh, the penguins. God. So yes, there's a, a part. <laughs> Of course, of course. So, uh, this was number five, right? Correct. So, number four. Mm -hmm. it, I'm like... <laughs> I know, you have a nice countdown. It is uh, Amanda Knox. Amanda oh, yeah, yeah. The convicted... Uh, she was in Italy. It is. Yeah. And I, I I watched the movie. Mm -hmm. Actually, it was not the name, I believe. It was a different name, mm -hmm. I think so. But this is the actual documentary. So, this is the actual documentary. And there was an interview with mm -hmm. her, like interviews with her. And, wow, that was... I still, like, she did or not. You know, still, like, doubt it. But, uh, wow. Like... Did she finally got re released to the U.S.? She did. Okay, yeah. And yeah, she's. I don't think she's a prisoner anymore. I think she. Was, I think she got out. But yeah, there yes. was always. Uh, I'm trying to refresh my memory on what she killed her. Her roommate. Her roommate. That's right. Yeah, no, and, and her no, and the she boyfriend. Didn't, did. We don't know what yeah. happened. Actually, she was accused and mm -hmm. you know went to jail for that, but no one knows. What so did happened. the boyfriend go to jail too? I don't remember. I think yeah. so. I think. I, I remember it's a huge case. I mean, it I is. Yeah. It was super confusing. Yeah. And they go deep, like mm -hmm. they show the house, they show the everything, and I like it. That yeah. one I like is still on Netflix. I believe so. Okay. Do no. you remember the actual title? It's just called the Man. It's just called the Man yes, Okay. It is. So that that's a good one. I like it. 
Yeah. So that's a good okay. one. That's yeah. number four. I know. I'm, I'm a good. Oh, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> the best. So the number three. Wait, I need to find. <laughs> it is uh, any Frank remembered. Oh, okay. And it is. I I watched the movie like the, the diary of Frank. Of Frank. Frank mm -hmm. Yes, and this is. Um, so this is this go over. Uh, there's interviews with her friends and even the house, and like there is a a very short scene that she's wow. like the real they actually one. Have footage. I think it's a birthday that she you know is I think is the only one mm -hmm. documentary that has the like actual the, footage. Yes. Mm -hmm. And her friends and telling how she was So her friends are still alive. Some okay. yes, there's this lady that was in the uh, camp mm -hmm. and she saw for the last time and she says how thin she was mm -hmm. and you know like Super sad, and but the documentary is very well made. Right, it's very serious, very well made, and yes, I I, I watched that like last month, mm. and it's very touching, of course, sure. and yes, it, it's great, it's really good. Mm -hmm. So number two, number two, let me find because I I counted wrong that the first. <laughs> we come to Danielle for organization, don't we? I know. Sorry. So my number two is Blackfish. I think you told me about I told, this one. What yeah. was? Uh, I think it was about animals, right? The movie about animals. I think it was something about <laughs> you. Kind of stretched I, it. Of you were you, you and Malin stretched the. Uh, of course. This one, I think it was. We were, we were talking about true story movies, and you went with this. Yeah, right. Malin will back me up on this one. So <laughs> you guys are partners in crime. Yes. <laughs> so yes, Blackfish is about Shamu. Yeah. That killed the trainer, her, you in know, the, the San trainer. Diego, uh, and yeah. the uh, what's the name? The C word, like kind of covered and blamed the the trainer, but she was dead. How can she defend herself? Right. And then there is the whole thing that her coworkers start like speaking up, saying that's not her fault, and then right. they go back on the Shamu, like what happened with Shamu, and there's like I, I think is this in Argentina, I don't know where, South America. Mm -hmm. That how like abused in a way I don't know how to say mm -hmm. the where was and then they were sent to Canada I, I don't I'm not sure mm -hmm. but you know all the tanks were very small and they knew that Shamu was aggressive but they brought mm -hmm. to uh, Florida ah. and then you know with time that happened mm -hmm. and that's why I don't go to no that's not why I don't go to see a word. <laughs> but, but it, it doesn't is, help. Yeah, it didn't help at all. I don't go yeah. to see a word because I saw with my own eyes. Right, how they treat it. What, yeah. How they treat it because I did the behind the scenes. Sure. Things, and they lie on your face. Well, like, of course, they're not going to tell you what really goes on. But they lie on your face, well, like, oh, yeah. they live more in here than in the ocean. No. You know all those. If that was the yes, truth. Yeah. <laughs> so I went there once because I was like, oh, good for my kid, and then oh, never again. Never again. Never again. Yeah. I went there. So yeah. this is my number two. That, that's a good one. And what's I'm dining? What is <laughs> what is number one? So of course, it is um, Cosmos with both. I love Carlos Sagan and I love um, new Carlos oh. uh, new degrees Tyson. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so uh, Carl, Sa so Carl Sagan. Yeah, we call you know. So you call him Carlos. Carlos. Uh, Come on, I'm a Brazilian. We say Carlos. Okay. That's the name. But, but here it's Carl Sagan. Carlos. Okay. Yeah. I'll never Carl. be able to say that. But okay. 
Uh, I really like mm -hmm. it. You have the space time, I would say, mm -hmm. for uh, New Greece. And you have the personal voyage, something like that, the name is for Sagan. Okay. And it is, um, they both talk about the universe. Uh, Carlos Sagan, he goes more about the uh, cosmology, mm -hmm. like how cosmology is kind of, how uh, the universe was created, how evolution, uh, what is evolution, is this true or not, you know, how mm -hmm. everything interacts today. Mm -hmm. And uh, New Degrees, the the you Neil Tyson, I can say that. Yeah. I don't know. The, his, is it DeGrasse or DeGrasse, something? Yeah, there yeah. Go. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> uh, he goes more and the stars, you know, mm. like galaxies. Sure. So it's it's different approach, mm -hmm. but it's about astronomy and universe, mm -hmm. and I'm super into it. Well, you're if, if you didn't know already, Danielle is a physicist, so she's very much into science. <laughs> so it is. Uh, I watch. I didn't watch all the episodes for the for Carlos Sagan <laughs> but I watched pretty much all the episodes for um new digress I don't know yeah. they have hard names to say <laughs> it's okay um I like it um they explain very well I mean if because astrophysics astronomy and cosmology they're very specific so mm -hmm. Even for me, it's like very hard to understand, and they explain in a, like in a so easy way, and they make everything so beautiful that you know catch at least my attention. Mm -hmm. I really so if someone's not very much into science, because you're very much into this, so yes. this is something you, you may not know at all, but you know something going in. Can someone that isn't well versed in science enjoy this? I think so. Okay, I I think so. I don't know. I mean, people. <laughs> No, say that I'm bored. No, 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 I'm saying if 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 it's if it's too complicated for them, people will tune out. Is it there simple is, enough? There is some yeah. uh, documentaries for a uh, new mm -hmm. degrees that are very like point focused on like scientists. If you're not into it, you won't get it. There, mm -hmm. there is a um, one called like Black Matter. Mm -hmm. So to understand what is Black Matter. You, you know, to watch the doc documentary, you need to have an idea of black matter means. Sure. He, they explain, but then you're going to say, oh, this is BS. Who cares about it? This doesn't exist. But in fact, we know it does. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's maybe boring and, you know, people okay. cannot, oh, I'm going to turn it off. But for those two, is nice because there's they're like in this spaceship almost, you know, and they go like, that's a personal voyage. So he goes in things that he thinks is interesting and the photography is beautiful like going through gala galaxies mm -hmm. and you know like explosion of stars and how many billions of years later we we see the light right and so they explain all that so it's i'm going into it into, into, no this into, is good right like <laughs> i've been going but she's right well as we as we said <laughs> most of the time with all these interviews you're going to watch something that you're interested yes in. And this is a perfect example. It is. So those two are like the ones that I remember, but I've been seeing a lot of uh, science, but like uh, physics focused mm -hmm. um, documentaries, and they have really good ones. Yeah. So those are my so That's your top, top seven. <laughs> All right. As always, thank you so much, Danielle. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. We're back with Malin. Welcome back. 
Hey, Brian. So for this week, we're going to get very real, and we're going to talk about our favorite documentaries. And this is going to be all over the place because, uh, again, there's so many different subjects to cover for documentaries that I, I'm guessing there's going to be very little repeats here. And I'm really looking forward to what Malin has to his list this week. So have at it. This this is all you. You can go as long as you want. <laughs> well, actually, I, I don't think I'm going to go too long. But um, since you say that you want to keep it real, I'm yes. immediately going to break the rules because I want to th- throw out uh, Best in Show as <laughs> maybe Best Mockumentary. Oh, absolutely. Um, which, yeah, which has got to like have like a place. I, I, I think the lines are so well blurred in that film. Um, and if there's any doubt how close to reality that particular mockumentary is i recently saw a documentary called chicken people which is about people raising and showing chickens oh my god and i realized that best in show is really really restrained compared to uh at least that reality (laughs) Um, so i'm gonna throw that out as like uh, a double whammy uh, an excellent mockumentary which almost is as crazy as reality and a documentary that is even crazier than best in show and i think when people see best in show they think it's oh that's probably crazier than you know real life nope it's not it's not <laughs> and i think that's why it hits home is you, you kind of every once in a while you realize oh wow I've heard people say that. That's truth really... is truth is always stranger than fiction, and we definitely have uh, mockumentaries on the list. So I think we're going to end up doing that as a subject one of these days. Okay, cool. So I'm not the only one to cheat. I kind of kind of a little bit disappointed. No, no I'm, I'm not... happy. I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> okay, so as I was going through um, the the documentaries that I like, uh, I noticed a couple of themes: um, crime documentaries. Um, and, uh, documentaries that start out with a really, really basic premise and then kind of mine away until you get to uh, a different understanding of what you started with. And that just keeps happening. Kind of like Russian dolls keep opening and opening and opening until you get to a point that is so far away from the origin point that I think really is an interesting way to think about how. Um, reality is always changing and the, the very act of trying to create a documentary that represents one reality is maybe a fool's journey. Um, so yeah, that's a great analogy. So having said that, I want to start off with one that I think does a really good job, actually two, um, two crime documentaries that do a really good job of setting up an outwardly appearing, um, truth and then really just digging and digging and digging away until things just become bizarre and out of control. Okay. The, the first one is Thin Blue Line by Errol Morris, okay. which um, which does a really good job of doing a forensic forensic examination in film of a crime scene. I think we've talked about this one before, but it, uh, the, the basic gist of it was that a man is pulled over. I think this is, it's been a while. A man is pulled over and a cop is killed and... We don't know what happened. Okay. Um, but Errol Morris goes and he interviews the person who was imprisoned for the crime and then goes through and cinematically reenacts the crime in all these different potential ways. The, the lump sum being that he creates this uh, fairly convincing case for the person who was imprisoned. Um, and interestingly enough, 
by the time you get to the end of the film, it really casts a huge amount of doubt on the legal system, on the guilt of the person who was convicted. And a year after the film, that person ends up getting, uh, I think, a retrial. But anyway, gets a, ends up getting released based on um, the evidence that was uh kind of surfaced in this documentary. And those are, those are some of the best documentaries, too, where they actually affect the outcome of real life. Right, exactly. So uh, it's like a, a, a documentary film attempting to capture a reality and then creating its own after the fact. And that, I think, is one of the earliest examples of that. I know on, on TV, I, I didn't initially pick, pick this, but like the Jinx. Yes, has, exactly. Uh, we don't know how that's going to play out yet, but it has certainly played a really interesting role in the the ongoing investigation Absolutely. of some of those crimes. And that was on my but, list. Oh, you put the jinx on your list? Absolutely. But that's not a movie. That's a TV series. Uh, well, it's a documentary, but yes, I know. I didn't know you were allowed to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my list. I can do whatever I want. But yes, I mean, uh, that oh, yeah. one That one was too good not to mention. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, um, so another one, uh, kind of along the same veins, uh, is The Imposter. Have you seen that? I think... I've heard of it. I think I have. The Imposter is such a fun documentary to watch. Um, I think that Thin Blue Line has fairly limited rewatch value um, just because the reenact, the the repetition of those reenactments can get, you can get lost in that if you're watching it over and over again. Um, The Imposter is a bit more cinematic. Um, It does mix reenactments with uh interviews um in a way that errol morris doesn't quite do um but it it starts off with this the basic premise there is that a kid in spain calls the authorities on a stormy night and says that he's escaped that he was kidnapped and that he wants to be like connected with his family his family is in the united states i think in texas and so the family hears about their, you know, long lost relative um, being found and goes out to reclaim him. Mm-hmm. And as I don't want to give too much away, <laughs> but as you get just a little bit further into the film, it takes a huge left turn. And that's just the first of so many outrageous left turns. It is just incredible. No, it sounds um, really good. It has to be seen to be believed. Okay. I went in and saw it um, at a theater in Berkeley, uh, and I just remember my jaw dropping like every probably five minutes. Yeah. Uh, everything that you thought was established, you, you just end up having the rug pulled out from under you again and again and again. It's quite a ride. It's a real fun ride. So the imposter. Yeah, okay. The Imposter. Definitely. Highly recommend that one, too. Okay, great. Okay, so... Um, gosh, gosh, gosh. What else do I want to say? I'm looking at my list, thinking what what else is... Which ones are worth mentioning? <laughs> um, okay, so basically any documentary by Werner Herzog. Okay. Um, the most notable um, are right now are probably Grizzly, Grizzly Man, Cave of Forgotten Dreams, and um, Encounters at the End of the World. Okay. Um, which is about his trip down to Antarctica to uh, visit scientists who are working um, in the labs there. Um, anyway, so he's he's just fascinating. I could listen to Werner Herzog expound on anything mm-hmm. forever. 
um, we had a we had a chance to go and listen to him speak after uh, a recent documentary of his about volcanoes um, was released, uh, and that was just the most fun hour. He's absolutely insane in probably the sanest way possible. Has <laughs> um, very few limits when it comes to uh, cinematic subject matter and the lengths to which he will go in order to capture a subject. Uh, I just think he's fascinating. And I, it's funny cause he's also an actor. So he's in many, many movies. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I don't know what to say about him as an actor so much, but, um, uh, he's also n- not only is he an actor as well as a documentary filmmaker, but probably even more famously, he's, uh, known for making narrative films. Right, right. Um, like Fitzgeraldo and uh, Nosferatu mm-hmm. and a bunch of other really, really amazingly crazy films. So I best know him for playing the main villain in the first Jack Reacher movie. So there you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, you say first. Yes. Now I'm a bit of I'm a bit out of the loop when it comes to like current anything yeah um, <laughs> it came out like i think Jack Reacher films are there though? there's only two and this i oh, think the first okay. one came out in 2012 but he's great he is great as the villain yeah he's kind of like a jack of all trades yeah, right yeah. And, and crazy 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 guy yeah um okay so yeah so that was uh yeah anything by Werner herzog if you get a chance to see it um run for it cool, um cool. another one I don't know how much of a documentary this is versus um, a filmed interpretation of performance art. Okay. Um, Heart of a Dog by Laurie Anderson um, is this kind of rumination on uh, life, but mostly death, um, as well as uh, the relationships um, that we have. But uh, So she was um, married to Lou Reed, and after his passing, she did a series of performance art pieces where she really directly kind of encountered the theme of death. Um, but she did so, does so through the film um, as a result of the death of her dog, Lola Bell. Mm. So she talks a little bit about her relationship with Lola Bell and um, ideas of death and the way that she coped with that death. But I think she's also using that as a channel to discuss uh thinking about death in general and not just about a dog, even though it's called heart of a dog. Right. Um, it's really, really fascinating film. It's, uh, if, if anybody's into like meditation, um, and is listening to this and looking for something to like meditate on, uh, this film is actually good for that as well. (laughs) Yeah. It's fantastic. It's, it includes her music, her visuals, a lot of which were developed, either for the film or for her performance art pieces. Mm. And it's kind of fantastic. That's cool. Uh, so that's one to definitely one to hit. Um, and what else? Oh, Los Angeles plays itself. This is a documentary about Los Angeles. Okay. Um, but it's specifically about, uh, the filmed image and idea of Los Angeles. Ah. Um, so it's got this, this guy, I forget his name, who's just speaking in this kind of monotone dialogue about Los Angeles, about films uh, of Los Angeles, um, and talking about how LA has been imaged in film versus the idea of Los Angeles in film, how architecture is portrayed in particular ways. For example, he talks about modern architecture in Los Angeles as being um, 
usually a nest for villains, uh, which which I think is uh, personally pretty interesting. Um, it's uh, very much a different take on LA, and he uh, just does it with images of films in the background, um, uh, shots of neighborhoods, uh, shots of anything you can imagine, everything from, um, gosh, I can't remember the name uh, of the hill where Dodger Stadium is now. Oh, Chavez Ravine. Yeah, so Chavez Ravine, and then there was a hill as well, like downtown um, Bunker Hill. That Bunker Hill, that's what I'm... So, like, Chavez Ravine and Bunker Hill, how they're represented in films. Um, everything from that to, like, Blade Runner. And it's it's absolutely fantastic. I think you would eat this up. It's a really long film. Uh-huh. And his voice is, as I say, very monotone. So it can be... It might be, like, a bit of a challenge to get through it. I saw it um, for the first time about a month ago in a theater in downtown Los Angeles as part of a film and arts festival. Um, and if it hadn't been for that context, uh, I might've gotten bored of it after a while. Um, but it's, it's really, really good. And it kind of peels back all of the cinematic layers of Los Angeles really carefully. Yeah. That, that sounds really cool. And you of course love stuff like that. So it's right up for us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think anybody would, (laughs) but it's interesting. Some of the, the, the really kind of the minutia, the the small environments, like just uh, strip malls. I think the movie kind of starts off early with a a discussion of just the, the way off the beaten path kind of images of LA that sneak into films, not as like necessarily part of a plot or as like character to a plot, but just, things that fly by as you're driving through Los Angeles. Right. Yeah. It's really, really fantastic and interesting. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, let's see. Oh, last one I'm going to mention. I was going to mention the Katsi trilogy, but I think I've mentioned that like five or six times. <laughs> okay, okay. So anyway, go see the Katsi trilogy. It's fantastic. But the last one I want to end on is Paris is burning. Oh, okay. Well, what's this have about? Have you seen that yet? I have not. You haven't seen that. Okay. So Paris is Burning is this fantastically interesting um, time capsule of uh, the New York gay uh, ball scene um, where voguing and drag kind of were at their uh, height during the mid to late 80s. Okay. Um, And it's just a fantastically interesting film with a cast of real life characters that yeah, it's it's one of those ones where you have like these um, periodic interviews with people, just snippets of like one person mm-hmm. um, at the beginning, in the middle of the, you know, you, you know it, by about the middle of the film, I think you start to get hungry to see people again. <laughs> it's because you're just learning so much, and they're so witty and so clever, and you know, every once in a while, appropriately so bitchy, you know, and it's just fantastic. Um, yeah, so, and, and his insight for, like, uh, where voguing came from and, um, what, uh, what a taste of, uh, uh, gay club culture was in the 80s, uh, yeah, the mid to late 80s. Well, yeah, uh, and, and of course, really most people that. know voguing simply because of Madonna, so this, I'm sure, goes into that. Well, actually, this predates Madonna. Well, of course, but, I mean, that's when I think the mainstream probably heard about it. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So no, that sounds interesting. I love all things eighties. So yeah, that, that okay, was, cool. that's right up my alley. I, I think I think you'd love this. I think anyone would love it. That's it's awesome. just really really interesting. Um, and the other thing is now you know 
after the fact, completely unintentionally, it's a bit of a crime documentary as well, because one of the, now I'm loosely remembering, but I think that one of the persons that is featured in the interview, and the interviews either died during the making of it or shortly after. And there was a mystery about what happened to that person. Okay. But it's not, I don't think it's, I don't remember it being addressed in deep detail. It's certainly not the point of the documentary at all. No, no. But later you find out that one of the main um, drag queens that does a lot of the interviews, so after she passed away, somebody, they go into her apartment and they found a big trunk, like an old traveling suitcase with the mummified remains of, I think it was her ex from like a ways back. Oh my God. Yeah. Kind of creepy as heck, right? <laughs> you could definitely do a, a sub documentary just on what happened from this. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like a, where have they gone? And oh, oh my, my God. Um, That's great. Well, I mean, it's yeah, not great, but it's a, it's very interesting. <laughs> no, 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 I know, I know. It's yeah. it's it's morbid as, yeah. as as all get out, but yeah, it's really interesting that that that, that kind of um, came out of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Do you have any other ones, or is is that the main list? I could go on and on and on, but I, but those are the ones I think I wanted to mention. Okay, great. As always, thank you so much, Malin, and everyone needs to check the, check these out because all of them sound really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a lot of fun, and I can't wait to hear what everybody else has to um, to recommend as well. Oh yeah, this is going to be one I think it's going to require repeat uh, listening just to go back and <laughs> like, hey, I need to check this one out too. So okay, awesome. Yeah, thank you so much, Malin. Thanks, Brian. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for damn good movie memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. 